talking details, details. You got to hit yeah. record before we can actually have preamble for the episode. Uh, everybody have backups running? I do. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Well, then I guess we can get going. Welcome back, everybody, to Dance Robot Dance, our 135th episode. Uh, I am Tim. I'm going to be hosting this week as we finally get to a topic that we have been fucking teasing and, and just playing just the tip with for like a year and a half now, something like that. Two goddamn years, to be fair. Two years. Close close like, to two years. <laughs> the game came out two years ago now, and yeah. I played it two years ago. So. Real we're, topical. We're, yeah, we're going to play coy on it. Well, yeah. fuck, we never claimed that we were like covering current events on this fucking podcast. Sometimes wow. we do. I think it's about, like, do. it's about like it's about like it's about like 50-50, I think. Like yeah. the amount of like shit we cover that like just came out and the amount of shit that's like, "Hey, this is 20 years old. It's definitely relevant for us to talk about this." To be fair, guys, Zelda's always fucking relevant. Oh wait, I just spoiled it, didn't I? Oh, oh wow. no, yeah. it's not like it was in the episode title. No. Uh, and with me this week, uh, I've got Mark as per usual. What's up, everybody? And uh, we also have a special guest making her third or fourth. I think like second, ma- second, second like proper, second like proper microphoned appearance on the podcast. Yeah. We have uh, my wife and Zelda fanatic Alicia. Say hello. Hello. Welcome to the podcast again. Yeah. Indeed. I prefer it when I'm just in the background heckling, honestly. To be yeah. fair, those are my favorite Alicia appearances on the podcast. When I'm listening back to the episodes, like, oh, Alicia's there because I can hear her yelling. <laughs> the, best. the best. Yeah. So, Alicia, I think last time that she was on was our Tolkien episode, Middle Earth episode that we did. It's like August, right before our trip mm. and everything. Oh, it would have been August. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because last Christmas was Die Hard, and then the Christmas before that was Last Jedi, I guess, which was our sure. like in-person episodes. But I'm trying to, yeah. So yeah, we will get to that shortly and talk all about a little bit about Zelda in general, but mostly about Breath of the Wild in particular. But first, let's get to this week's nerdy news. Let's just fucking pull the Band-Aid off on this one. Although, honestly, I think Mark and I had already mentally pulled the Band-Aid off on this one a while ago. But Deadline finally reported this week that both Netflix's Punisher series and Jessica Jones are both now canceled, though the third season of Jessica Jones has yet to air, but it will air. Eh, I mean, like, we knew this was coming, and then there's enough rumors going around with Jeff Loeb running his mouth constantly that they may actually reappear somewhere, so... Yeah, there Who are, knows? Yeah, there's a lot of chatter right now in terms of, um, like, Jeff Loeb, who was the, I guess, well, he's the head of Marvel Television. I guess, yeah. Basically sounding at this point like this was all Netflix is doing, like they didn't want to relicense the properties or something like that. Makes sense. Yeah, and, and so, uh, which is surprising. Like, I was thinking this was all, like, Disney being like, no, fuck this, we want to have all of this under, you know, our own streaming service, Disney+, Plus, or, like, Hulu, which they will soon be a majority stakeholder in once the Fox deal goes through, so. But, uh, yeah, so now it's sounding maybe, like, it might come back on Hulu rather than Disney+, Plus, which I think would make sense if they want to keep Disney+, Plus kind of family-friendly. Yeah, I'm just surprised, like, they're going to do that and keep the MCU stuff on Disney Plus, like that Loki show or whatever, which yeah, seems kind of odd, but either way. Yeah, the Loki show and like the Scarlet Witch and all that. Yeah, uh, Vision, Scar- Vision Scarlet yeah. Witch and all that sort of stuff. So, Yeah, and that Winter Soldier Falcon show. God, right. they got a lot of shows they're going to have on yeah. that go eventually. Like, And I thought I was fucking saturated now. <laughs> like, these are shows I have to watch. They're MCU related. Like, I got to watch these. Well, I wonder if that might have played into it, right? Like, they were thinking, we don't want to run up against that Disney stuff. So, it, you know, it's going to be too much. So we've maybe we've had our time. Maybe we should just cut our losses and 
get out of this game while the getting's good kind of thing. I think, yeah, I think that's part of it. I think there's also like a, a factor of like that we would be helping them promote their material because it's all going to say Marvel on top of it anyway. Yeah. And like maybe Netflix was like, if they're going to have their own streaming service and a whole slew of other shows, yeah. maybe it's best to just like keep Disney advertising off of Netflix's platform as much as possible because it's eventually going to become a competitor, right? Like eventually you're, they're going to want you to not go to Disney and stay with Netflix or have both, I guess. Yeah. Kind of like cable, you know, <laughs> and, and they're going to I mean, Netflix is starting to invest more in their own sort of independent comic book properties and stuff like that, like with Umbrella Academy yeah. and other stuff out there, too. So. All that Molar World stuff is yeah. going to be coming up probably in the next year or two, too. Maybe so they don't want to step be, on those toes. Yeah, that, it's entirely possible. That's where all of their genre funding or comic book TV funding went for those. Yeah. In other MCU news, uh, we're starting to get sort of first reactions to early screenings of Captain Marvel that I've seen. Everything I've seen are generally positive. So that's exciting. Yeah. I haven't seen anything super exciting. I did notice the uh, the 90s webpage, like the, the URL on it had a nihilist name in there. And I was like, well, that's, I don't know why uh, they're doing that. But yeah, that's interesting. Could be a big hint to future things, but to phase four or something like that could be because that annihilus wave story a couple years back really like brought all the marvel cosmic books kind of back to the forefront for a couple years like i even i read them during the annihilus wave like mm-hmm. the annihilation wave event so it'd be kind of a cool way if they're gonna have like a split like there's gonna be mcu characters that kind of stay on earth and there's gonna be like an mcu that's like the cosmic side of things like yeah have annihilus yeah. be their bad guy and then pick somebody else like galactus comes for the for earth or whatever in phase four and yeah have the heroes split up kind of thing yeah fair enough Speaking of things that will not be returning seemingly in phase four, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is apparently done with playing Pepper Potts. I thought they were getting married now. So like, I don't know what's going on. Is she in Endgame? Well, she yeah, she said uh, to Variety this week that Endgame is probably going to be her last full appearance in the cinematic universe. She did say full appearance. That doesn't mean that she might not pop back in for cameos and stuff like that. Part of it is like I'm. I mean, I love her as Pepper Potts, but I fucking hate Gwyneth Paltrow as a person now with all her anti-science goop bullshit. Yeah. So I'm happy enough to have her fucking peace out. I'm yeah, whatever. Like I've had enough Gwyneth Paltrow, Pepper Potts that like I don't need to. I'm not clamoring for more. So if they would decide they want to write out Gwyneth Paltrow's Pepper Potts, then uh, I could do without goop shit, too. So I'm cool. Yeah. Cool. I wonder, I mean, that could also be hinting that maybe Tony doesn't survive Endgame as well, but who the fuck knows? I really hope he does. I think Cap dies. But yeah. anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. We're like a month and a half away. There's no point in speculating now. It's just like, hold it's your true. goddamn shit and wait for the fucking movie to get out. So It is true. I swear Alicia is still here. She just doesn't give a shit about comic books. Yeah, man. <laughs> Not at all. But here's some shit she does give a shit about. There's little more little bits and pieces of news about the uh, Amazon Lord of the Rings series. In part, one of them is that Amazon has the writers for this series, like in a fucking like under lock and key, like seriously, like there's a door guard outside the door. You can only get in by like scanning your fingerprints and shit like that. So they seriously, are, yeah, they're keeping shit locked down on this fucking show. <laughs> I think it's a fucking mistake because one of the reasons why the movies did as well as they did was because for at the time they were so open to the fans yeah. and to build that sort of uh, trust there. I think it's a mistake. Well, they are still releasing information. It's not like they're just going to drop the show out of fucking nowhere. Like I think they're just being really measured and controlled in what they release about it. And I'm sure like as actors are cast and stuff, they won't be able to keep quite as tight a lid on it as well. So when is the show due to start? Like there's they, no do date. They have a premiere date in mind? No. No. They have to start actual production in November. 
or else the, okay. or else the, the the licensing reverts back. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. But that just means like who knows what they actually, you know, what quote unquote starting production means if like it just means that they start pre-pro or start actually shooting or what. I think it usually refers to shooting, but it depends on the contract. Yeah. So, but yeah. Where do you stand on this show period, Alicia? Like are you hyped or are you just like um, I'm interested in what story it is they're going to tell because they've already said that they're not telling the actual story of the destruction of the ring. Okay. So I'm thinking what they're probably going to focus on is uh, Therongil and uh, young Aragorn, but they could potentially take it back farther than that if they mine the appendices. What I want is definitely young Aragorn because I think it's a really good storyline to follow through and they could probably get a lot out of it. Tell our listeners who Therongil is and me. Young Aragorn. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, <laughs> I always forget Christ. all the fucking names he has. Uh, he was called Therongil when he went to uh, Minas Tirith when Denethor was a child and uh, helped out there. Mm, okay. Well, I mean, there is a little bit more information potentially about the content of the series uh, that does make it look like it might be more second age than third age. Alicia, surely you've seen the updated map that has the actual... I'm just waiting on you trying to pronounce this word. <sighs> So instead of uh, the area that, you know, in the Third Age is known as Rohan, it is uh, labeled on the map as Kalanarthon. Close. Uh, Kalanarthon? <laughs> yeah, so uh, Rohan hasn't been... Rohan wasn't there in the Second Age, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In, they were there in, in that the age, age. In that age, well, it, that was the name of that area in the Second Age, though, was it not? It was also the name of that area up until Rohan actually moved in which was in the third age. Okay. So that, that could give, people are saying that could give some clue as to sort of the time period in which this series may take place, in which case it would not overlap with young Aragorn, who's only like 80 something. I don't think they could do that because there's not enough in the appendices to actually mine to do a second age. You would have to go into unfinished tales and the Silmarillion. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, still early days, but a lot of speculation to be had. And, And I think they are doing a pretty good job at one trying to allay people's fears that they're going to like go off the fucking deep end and do some fan fiction shit by using these like really Tolkien-esque maps as their promotional material for now. And two, just generating buzz about the series by letting out a little bit of information at a time kind of thing. Alicia, I'd also mentioned uh, when the first map came out about that area sort of east of Rune and Mordor that is not on any of Tolkien's maps. What are your thoughts on that? That little foresty area. I would actually have to look at the map because I have been so unimpressed with their like attempting to create buzz. I haven't actually looked at any of their advertisements at Here, all. I just uh, in the Zencaster chat, I just posted a link to the map. Latron Prime sounds like a Transformer. <laughs> Latron Prime, yeah. <laughs> That's actually what it is. It's actually a backdoor Transformers series. Fucking the, like the ends, Lord of the Rings meets Transformers. The ends are actually turn into robots. <laughs> I'm in. Are you talking about that m- mountain range that's to the east of uh, the lake that uh, Lake Town? Yeah, in? yeah. That's on some of his oh, okay. maps. Well, there you go. If you go back into the Middle Earth Atlas, it's there. They uh, speculate that particular mountain range uh, has something to do with uh, Quivian, where the uh, elves awaken. Okay, cool. That's definitely not a how I would how I pronounce that word when i'm reading the silmarillion but good good to know that i was doing that wrong too <laughs> i'm really glad this is this is educational because now i know what christy always felt like when we did that <laughs> <laughs> all right back to uh stuff that i think all of us have some investment in and that is also related to our meat of the episode this week uh, nintendo of america's president 
uh, Reggie Phil's aim retire is retiring. Oh, Reggie's leaving. I'm bummed yeah. out. He was awesome. <laughs> and I mean, he's had a good time and has reigned over a pretty successful time for Nintendo. He also reigned over the Wii U era, but like I think he I think he started back like during the Wii era, so he was around for the 64 actually yeah. if I remember correctly. Like he was I'm not sure he wasn't the president, but I, he was around. definitely working for Nintendo for like the I think around the 64 launch. Like he's been with Nintendo for as long as I've actively followed the gaming industry, like he's been a name along with like guys like Major Nelson and stuff like that over at Microsoft or I can't remember the president of Sony who like, oh, Kaz Harai, who was the he's now the president of Sony proper, but he was uh, the head of PlayStation for decades kind of thing. Like he's the creator of the original PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that are just like around and have been around for a long time like that that are now starting to retire or die because like remember what happened with Iwata last yeah. year or two years ago. Yeah. So yeah, and he's those original guys are starting to get up there in age. It's true. So. I mean, Miyamoto's getting up there as well, um, but still really. Oh, yeah, I figured like they were like what late late twenties, early thirties when they started like, doing these. Like the big like push the came 80s. out when we were kids, yeah. right? Like eighty five, right? So like yeah, it's thirty years ago. So these guys are getting up there. Yeah. But uh, on top of that, the guy that's replacing him as president of Nintendo America, name is literally Doug Bowser. Yep, <laughs> Doug's been around for a fucking long time too. Actually, though, like. He's been uh, he's a, a marketing like PR guy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. His name like, has been has cropped up in the gaming industry for ages. Yeah, so. I mean, a big part of that job is being sort of the face of Nintendo to basically like the English speaking world kind of. thing. Yeah, because like, like you're, the thing about being the president of Nintendo of America is you're probably not making a ton of actual game decisions yeah. because. The Japanese guys are probably like, shut the fuck up. We do. We're Nintendo. We know how to do. Yeah, it's more like this is what we think will play in our market. And this is how we should market this in the Americas and that kind of thing. And yeah. Yeah. And Nintendo's such a weird brand where like whatever they release has its own little niche audience built in everywhere kind of of thing. So, so, yeah. So goodbye, Reggie. Thank you for many years of being the face of Nintendo in our all those, all those awesome E3 conferences he used to do. Yeah. Like he was, he was like the king of E3 for years. Yeah. Awesome. And just sort of bat and clean up a few things really quick. Uh, Alita Battle Angel came out. It's you know another one of these huge like big budget genre movies. I don't care. It's getting middling reviews. I'll see it when it gets hits Netflix. It looks really like I the the lead like the effect on the lead. Yeah. Is so uncanny valley. It creeps me out. Like I can't. Yeah, look at her for very long. Like it looks weird, especially in motion. It looks very strange. Technically, it looks awesome. Yeah, that's what I mean. Though. Like I end up watching like Atomic Blonde, this like all these like female led action. What was the other one? Salt with Angelina yeah, yeah, yeah. Jolie, the one with Scarlett Johansson. Like they all come out and they never do that well, and they're never that good. I always end up watching them, and it's usually just because I have the hots for the lead. But like whatever. Yeah, I just um, I just have no investment. Yeah, they just keep dumping yeah. these movies. I have out. no investment in this property kind yeah. of thing. There's so much other stuff out there that I'm already in the bag for that i'm not looking for a new like big budget series to get hooked or you know movie universe or whatever to get hooked on if i didn't know better i would have thought just from the visual appearance of it that it was a sequel a sequel to or like a tied into ready player one because all yeah, the marketing and like the tone of everything looked exactly the same like all that purple hue like everything was so like exactly the same style. sort of like dirty but i was like oh is this the dirty same future thing? kind of uh, yeah. idea and everything yeah kind of yeah yeah if, i yeah, can see that so but it's like that if a high school student did the artwork for it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's real bad, but it's like, it's got the same tone is what I was trying to, I, we try not to just go and shit on stuff usually, <laughs> but I like walk my way around shitting on it by being like, it ain't great, but like, and it all looks like ready player one, which like 
is, is already backhanded for Mark because <laughs> yeah, because I fucking hated that movie with a fiery passion. Yeah. I fucking hated that movie. So yeah, I don't feel like I'm openly shitting on it. It just when I saw the lead character for that, I was oh, like, yeah. that's exactly how I drew people in high school yeah. with their eyes like two and a half anime. times too big. Yeah, the big anime eyes. It's it's uh-huh. it's really weird looking in live action, yeah. especially so um, quote unquote live action. Yeah, well, Mark, this one's for you because I still have not watched this, but The Haunting of Hill House got uh, renewed for a second season, but it's going to be all new characters, all new story. It's going to be an anthology similar to American Horror Story. Well, yeah, I'll be sad because like I like Harlan Gugino to, you know, watch. But uh, I mean, whatever. It's well, it was fun. They're talking about it might be like really like American Horror Story where some of the cast might be coming back just in different roles. So it's not necessarily you might not, you know, you might still see Carla Gugino again, just not as the same character. Fair. Then uh, I'm in. Whatever. <laughs> I'll watch it. Yeah, I still need to watch it. But at this point, uh, you know, I tend to only watch a lot of horror like September, October sort of thing. So maybe that'll be one of my watches for this coming fall. Is to do both of them or something like that back to back? Yeah, something like that. This one is from the sort of what the fuck department robocop is the new colonel sanders i saw that that's weird awesome but weird like that's like fucking just viral marketing at at its best i guess (laughs) i'm wondering like who owns the rights to robocop right now because like i mean they made that reboot what in 2014 that was like oh god that was a nightmare well let's say after that reboot from what i've heard the rights probably aren't worth a whole lot that's true that is true (laughs) <laughs> so they probably picked it up for a fucking song we're like can we buy him and make him hawk fried chicken they were like fuck yeah, yeah take it yeah if you'll pay us to fucking use it why not <laughs> yeah I exactly. guess that makes sense uh yeah that one was just weird and then the last one is more for me than anything so as a disney nerd and a sort of appreciator of the history of the Disney company. And they had this guy named uh, Dave Smith, who was the head archivist of the Disney company for years and years and years. And he just passed away this past week. Uh, I think he must've been like 90 something. Oh no, like 78. Uh, not that old, but uh, he was just a big personality in that sort of like classic Disney community. And uh, yeah, somebody that I will miss seeing around stuff. Cause he was always like really cool in terms of, giving just amazing bits of like Disney trivia and shit like that. That's the shit that I like live for. So yeah, but that was everything I had unless Mark, you have anything. I know Alicia did not look up news. So unless you have anything to add, Mark, I looked at the news and it was all just like, it was more opinion stuff that I was like, I don't really care about any of this stuff and like reviews for like last week's discovery and stuff. So yeah, exactly. It's pretty, pretty slow news week, but it was a pretty slow news week. Well, in that case, fuck, this is going to be another lonely sting. It's time for our, Geek of the week. <laughs> and sad. See, silence. Mark lives for this shit. I love for the pregnant pause. Like that's my. <laughs> so this is like two for one for me because I get Tim just like sadly doing this thing on his own, and then I get this long pregnant pause afterwards. Listeners oh, cannot man. see me flipping two fucking birds to Mark right oh, now. Oh, God. I fucking love it. Oh, man. That was sweet. And my wife being incredibly supportive. Oh, so good. I love this. It's fucking fun. I'm having a good time tonight. Or today. Whatever. So this is a segment where we discuss the nerdiest, geekiest things we've done in the past week or so. Let's go to our guest first. Alicia, what's your geek of the week? Talking to us, too, for the last half an hour, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to us <laughs> talk about shit she doesn't care about. Yeah. 
working on my fucking geeky thesis. Yeah, that's that's Ooh, what that's I figured. Right. <laughs> Tell our listeners what your thesis is about. And it's on the cultural reception of the Lord of the Rings and how it changed pre and post 9-11 via uh, a corpus of Amazon reviews. So I'm looking at Amazon reviews that happened before and after 9-11 and comparing them and seeing how the reception of it changed. And just the books, not the movies. You're doing How Did This Get Made, but like an academic paper version of it. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, I guess. Yeah. Which, which, no, the the, uh, the podcast How Did This Get Made, they, at the end of the, they review terrible movies, right? And at the end of it, they read the Amazon, the five-star Amazon reviews for terrible movies. And it's like, oh. <laughs> why, do, why do people like silver bullet like the stephen king movie i mean and it's like they read the amazon reviews for those kinds of things it's fucking hysterical so yeah that's a that's a good poll i like that that's a good idea <laughs> just see what the dregs of society think about these movies <laughs> fucking impressive did you check the youtube comments too like if you really want to get like the real the real money it's time to get into the youtube comments i think should be your the next youtube paper. comments from from 2001 well you know there's the old youtube shit i guess i don't know <laughs> I mean, really, I would want to go on Tumblr for like, oh, the real trend yeah, society. Yeah. Or LiveJournal. Is that still around? I mean, Tumblr is basically dead now that they've banned porn from it. But... Oh, yeah, we had that combo. Yeah, we really did. Actually, they're having a problem with YouTube right now with the child porn. So they might be shutting that motherfucker yeah. down, too. So that's a... Yeah, a bunch of people have pulled advertising dollars from YouTube because, like, people are posting links to kitty porn in, like, videos of, like, young girls doing like gymnastics or in bathing suits and on water slides and that's just fucking creepy as hell yeah it's a little weird why can't they just let us have nice things uh your country is like the uh, like the fucking answer to that question like every time so <laughs> because Fair. the americans exist is basically what the rest of the world answers every time this kind of thing happens. i don't know a lot of that crazy like sex shit is like eastern european and like russian so, yeah soviet shit, like shit yeah too well i mean yeah. you never know which to be fair can you tell the difference between right-wing america and russia right now i can't so there nope. you go when are you guys moving to canada yeah. again soon soon <laughs> not soon enough yeah <laughs> Yeah, tell me. Uh, all right, Mark. How about you? What was your geek of the week besides just your political nerdery just then? Oh God, that's like all I've been doing aside from playing Breath of the Wild too this week. So like, <laughs> I mean, my actual geek of the week is just like the amount of time I poured into Breath of the Wild for a second playthrough, so that I would be fresh to do this episode. But I have been taking a class on music theory. I'm oh, trying cool. to I'm trying to educate myself a little bit better so that when we do music episodes or I do the we get back to doing the other podcasts on a regular basis, I'm a little bit more formally educated on like music theory and stuff like that so i can talk to that a little bit better it is something i've wanted to do for a long time and i think it's one of the things that kind of holds me back in terms of learning how to play guitar like playing a real instrument as opposed to just playing like a rhythm instrument like drums is not really knowing particular like theory stuff so i was like there was a i got a like an just random email total like spam actually worked on me for once because they were like hey you can take this course for like 10 bucks and it was like a, a real lynda.com kind of thing and i was like oh mm -hmm. all right i'll sign up and see what it was. It's been pretty educational. I've done the first three like video sessions so far, like two hours a piece, like the mm -hmm. lectures or whatever. Um, and I'm learning stuff. So we'll see. That's my uh, nice. thing is just like, yeah, trying to figure out music nerd shit, more music nerd shit. Not just like memorizing <laughs> dates of Pearl Jam records, but like knowing why those Pearl Jam records are good. So or what they're doing on those records yeah. that makes them musically interesting. Music. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. What about you? My geek of the week is going to make you happy because I have been pretty deep into Letterkenny the last uh, week yes. or so. 
Yes. <laughs> Has Alicia watched any of it? I want to know uh, what Alicia thinks about Letterkenny. The best fucking show on TV. No, she hasn't. I've been watching it mostly in my oh. office uh, on my computer, on my rig. So she has not really. Seen, she, she's probably heard it from like her office. Just show her that hall, first but... episode, man. If, she does, if she's not hooked, you know, she's like if you. That's the best part about that show is you can show somebody the first 22 minute episode. And if they don't care, then you're done. But if they like it, they're in. So you just have to show them that first episode because that exchange with the hockey players at the beginning. We're going to talk about Letterkenny yeah. in an episode at some point. I don't know how we're going to do it because it's just basically me talking about funny bits. But like, who that shows fucking <laughs> genius. Well, the thing with it is like, it's not the sort of show that I can just like put on in the background because it's yeah, like so yeah, yeah. dialogue heavy. You really you need to sit there and like pay attention to it. And plus the dialogue is like so like really quick back yeah. and forth snappy sort of thing. So I haven't like I, I've got through like two seasons so far. I'm on like the start of the third season. Oh, so you've seen the uh, McMurray's a piece of shit episode then like that's season two, right? Uh, was that, was that the, the ag the hall, hall, the ag hall yeah, election? Yeah. yeah. Pres- presidency and everything. Yeah. I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, become, that becomes a running joke where like every time his name comes up, it's like, yeah, where he really is a piece of shit. Like it just becomes like a, it, everything becomes a gag on that show and I love it for it. So I'm, I'm glad you're finally fucking getting into it. Boots and the ginger fucking the ostrich. Oh, fuck. Allegedly, Tim. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I think, I think Squirrely Dan is my favorite character. Oh, like, just his, like, manner of speech is just hilarious yeah. to me every time. Nice guy. Actually, we <laughs> met them all at the hip show, the last hip show. Oh, yeah. Nice. We ran into Squirrely Dan at one of the bars downtown in Kingston. Um, and then the other oh, guys awesome. were just wandering around, too. Like, we met Drake Kiso and stuff, too. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Didn't yeah. get to meet Bonnie or uh, Kitty Cat, unfortunately. So that would, yeah. Or Katie. Yeah. yeah. That would be sweet. But anyway. <laughs> I'm glad you're getting into it. That's fucking exciting. I gotta get Paul to watch it too, so we can do an episode. Yeah, no, it is. It is fucking hilarious. Like it's, it is very mm. Canadian humor. Like it is. I. It's not exactly the same vein as Trailer Park Boys, but it's a really like it's it's Trailer Park Boys like incestuous yeah. cousin. Yeah, they're 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 similar. It's like it's like it's kind of uh, Trailer Park Boys hipster cousin. I think is the best way to describe Letter Kenny. You know what I mean? Like it's a little bit like. Yeah, yeah. It pretends to be a little bit, bit smarter or wants to be a little bit higher brow than and it succeeds yeah. sometimes it is smarter like it's more intelligently written i think than trailer park boys ever was but it's still like they still go right for that gate like the the sweet gay or dick joke real fast on those in that show so i mean yeah <laughs> not that much smarter but yeah. still funny as fuck yeah let's take about 10 percent off there yeah, yeah right off the top like yep, right off the top yep, fair enough and that guy that guy is my cousin <laughs> like i know like i grew up with that guy so <laughs> my cousin john is was that wayne, wayne, wayne? Is, yeah my cousin john is, is like wayne to a t it's kind of terrifying so yeah. yeah i just watched the uh the, the last full episode i watched was saint perfect's day oh, special nice. the legendary yeah, legendary was great yeah oh legendary <laughs> all right well with that let us move on to another fucking lonely sting mark's just getting himself ready yeah. for it the our meat of the episode of the episode meat of the episode so, Alicia, I just want you to know, this is what I've been putting up with for 135 of these episodes, where they decided to do these fucking stings, and I'm like, why? And they're like, well, because it's fun, and I'm like, for who? And, uh, for them, obviously. <laughs> Hunks. <laughs> Hunks of raw meat consumed in midair. Uh, yeah. Or while climbing a cliff, or while in the middle of a battle. All right, so we're we're talking about Breath of the Wild. Are you, you going to host the episode, or are you just going <laughs> to yes. let us hang? I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> I was letting, I was leaving, I was leaving another like pause. nice break right. and pause. I'm just waiting. I'm just, yeah. I'm trying to figure out if you're doing a bit, and I'm like, I can't tell anything. 
So yes, we are finally doing like a episode dedicated to a Legend of Zelda game. So uh, we're talking about. So we're we're doing a video game review episode two years after the video game. Came two out, years so. after the video game came out. So because I finally finished this fucking game, like couple of weeks ago now part because i'm never allowed to play these games until alicia is finished with them to be fair she finished it like a few like a couple of months after it came out wait did you get the have you gone to to be fair yet in letter kenny if we're gonna run back to be to be be fair no but when they start doing doing the singing thing the english accent yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so alicia played it through it first and then like it took me a few months after that to start playing it and then because I wasn't playing it like really seriously, it took me over a fucking year to finish the game. You're leaving out the part where I started playing the game and then set it down for three months before picking it back up because I lost interest in it. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting here. This is an interesting conversation for me. I'm really like Alicia and I've never actually spoken about Breath of the Wild. Like we're both big <laughs> Zelda fans, but we've never talked about this. And I think because I've been waiting for the podcast where I steal her into this the way we have this week. <laughs> Yeah, we kicked Christy off the podcast so I can get Alicia to do this episode. <laughs> what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so, well, let's let's talk about that a little because we've we definitely have talked about Legend of Zelda series a number of times on the podcast. But we've never done a full like episode on it. So, I want to go around um, and give uh, before we get deep into Breath of the Wild itself. I want to get into uh, everybody's sort of like personal history with the series itself. So, let's start with Alicia. In brief, what is like sort of the meaning of this series and your history with it overall Uh, it is by far my favorite video game franchise and the only one that i consistently play i've been playing it since 1989 with the original legend of zelda i went straight from that uh, that i used to play with my grandfather into ocarina of time i straight up skipped zelda 2 and uh, oh my god blasphemer blasphemer (laughs) i never owned a super nintendo it's the only uh nintendo system i never owned as a child because i got a sega genesis instead the worst (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and so since ocarina of time i've been pretty obsessed uh i've played every single game i buy nintendo consoles specifically to play zelda it's my favorite i'm currently writing a book chapter about it (laughs) i love zelda so much yeah she's she's published uh or not published papers but written papers on it already and tell people about your book chapter selfless plug uh, yeah, I'm writing a book chapter that is comparing Miyamoto to Tolkien and helping to position Zelda studies as a area of study like Tolkien studies is and uh, talking about how the Legend of Zelda franchise is a work of mythopoeic literature like Middle Earth, basically. Yeah, in that the world has like a you know pretty deep and rich history and a lot of archetypal elements and that sort of thing. And huh. Interesting. Yeah. I'd be curious to... When that gets published, can I see it? I would like to be curious to look at that because that sounds interesting to me. Um, yeah. All right. How about you, Mark? What is your history with the Zelda series? Uh, well, I go as, ba- as far back as Alicia. We were Nintendo kids, so we had an NES, and Zelda and Zelda 2 were games that like, you would rent because it had the cool gold fucking cartridge. And when I was <laughs> like, when they first came out, I was like, I do not understand these games. It wasn't until like the Super Nintendo era, probably, where like Link to the Past came out and like I kind of it clicked like i got it um and then i went back and played the original two i've been obsessed ever since link to the past is still probably like the one my favorite of the the bat of like all of the zelda games link to the past is the one that i would go back to the most i have played every single one so like basically i play link to the past every year 
it's it's my favorite. I, I call it my favorite regularly occurring Nintendo franchise because my actual favorite is Metroid. <laughs> Quote unquote regularly occurring. Well, no, but like you get a Zelda every console generation. Every Nintendo console True. has a Zelda. Metroid, like as a Metroid fan, I do not have that pleasure. So like we get big fucking <laughs> skips on the console generations. Like we're finally getting one for Switch, but they skipped Wii U. They got one on Wii and they got them on GameCube, but we never got a 64 one. We only got one for Super Nintendo. We only got one for the Nintendo. Like Metroid's kind of like the bastard stepchild of Nintendo mm-hmm. franchises. So regularly occurring, Zelda's my like my go-to. I stayed home sick to play Ocarina of Time when it came out. I was that hyped for that game. Um, I <laughs> <laughs> round my way through to 100% in Majora's Mask, which I will never do again, ever. I don't care if they they could rebuild it from the ground up. I'll never play that game again because it was a fucking... You shut your oh whole God. mouth. That's such well, that's a good... Thing. It's, a, it's a great game, <laughs> but it's such a slog to play through. Like, it's such like... It's... I don't know. Because it's so fiddly yeah. with all the, the time the timed, timed uh, elements. Yeah, like... I'm, did you play the 3D no, remake? I, I, yeah, I played I played the, the, I played no, he doesn't, he doesn't have a 3DS. I do, I do now. They fixed a lot of it. I played the original 64 version. And like, it's my same thing. Like when I moved, like, so like I played Wind Waker, like Wind Waker, I bought day one. I don't give a shit about the art style. Like I was right into it. It's actually probably my favorite of that era of Zelda games, like post Ocarina, like 3D Zelda games until Breath of the Wild came out. Wind Waker was my game for the longest time. I had two copies of Twilight Princess because I bought it for GameCube the way it was developed originally. Played it there the first time. I ended up playing the Wii version later but like and i'm gonna complain about waggle controls again because it was that version and then skyward sword were the two where i was like oh, fuck why did they do this because skyward Sword, we've talked about it at length in my misgivings for it i need a remaster of that game or something because i can't fucking get through it um the way it plays and then this one um which we've talked about kind of i mean we've i've only hinted at how much i enjoyed this game in passing um yeah. but i fucking love this game like this is this was my Game of the year for the year it came out, 2017. 2017. Yeah, by a long shot. And again, a game I've owned twice because, like, I I bought and played it originally on Wii U, again where it was developed and you know built for. And then I now having replayed it on the Switch. Yeah, so like I'm a big Zelda fan. Like we've talked about my handheld misgivings. I played a couple of those. Link's Awakening I've played through because Paul had it for Game Boy. And then I played the two Oracles games. And what was the other one? The Game Boy Advance one, Minish Cap, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Minish Cap I played, and I just beat Link Between Worlds, whatever. So a Link Between Worlds is so good. Oh, it was excellent. Absolutely amazing. It was fantastic. Um, but then, like, so the, but there's a gap. Like, the DS kind of Zelda games, I've skipped a lot of them, so I need to kind of go back and look at those. Handheld, I have a real problem with the handhelds. My hands just get way too crampy on those little bastards. So I don't like using the Switch as a handheld, because it's just, like, I feel like I have to hold it. Like, Your big bear paws. All the time. And I don't even have huge bare paw hands, but like, yeah, they just find it very, un- I find handheld gaming very uncomfortable. So yeah, there's that. So for my part, uh, I'm the sort of the redheaded stepchild in this group. I was not a lifelong Zelda fan. I did not become a Zelda fan until I started dating a Zelda fanatic in the like mid 2000s. And the first Zelda game I ever played really seriously, like I might have like fucked around on like one of the nes games at a friend's house kind of thing back in the day but the first one that i actually played all the way through and beat was ocarina of time and even that was like seven or eight years after it came out or something like that and it took me like three years to complete because i was only ever playing it when i was visiting alicia and her family in like south georgia and i was playing it like i had a save game on their fucking gamecube that played over the course of 
It's not a GameCube game. Uh, N64. N64. I was going to say, were you playing the... Re- Get out of this what, house. The, there was that... The Master Edition came out with, whatchamacallit, uh, Wind Waker. Because I got a copy of Ocarina that came with Wind Waker for GameCube. Like, I have that. Oh, yeah. Though. I still own that. No, but I was... I think... Was that not the version I was playing? Was the, the version that came with the Wind Waker? I, I don't think that you were, because my GameCube died. Uh, it got struck oh, by right. lightning and died. I do actually have that edition of the game, but until I repurchased the GameCube a couple of years ago, I didn't have one since right after I moved off. It's super funny that you you rebought a GameCube for Zelda. I rebought my GameCube because I need a Metroid Prime again, and I like I had to have it, so I went out and bought a new GameCube. I sold my GameCube and was like, kept my Metroid Prime disc and was like, this sucks. I need a new GameCube. I went and bought a GameCube because I. <laughs> I still have all of my old consoles. Back to my NES. Backwards compatibility the last couple generations has started to take that necessity away from me. The Wii U was actually excellent. Like, the one thing I will give the Wii U, you could play every Zelda up, up to and including Breath of the Wild on the Wii U. And I was like, that's very cool. Because like every Zelda was available on it. They, when on they the get, virtual store? They need that to get that shit on Switch. Like, all of them just need yeah. Like, I don't know why this shit's yep. not backwards compatible. Like, now that Microsoft and Sony are doing it more, uh, I think Nintendo's going to have to get their fucking shit together pretty soon, so... I'm a latecomer to the series. That being said, I've still been playing these games for close to 15 years now. Played all of the main console games post Ocarina of Time. So I've played Majora's Mask, Wind Waker. I've played both of the Four Swords games. I've played Minish Cap. I've played Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, and now Breath of the Wild. Now, now are you guys pro or against Twilight? Like, were you guys like big Twilight Princess people? Because there was like a yeah a faction of the zelda fan base that was like has never let twilight princess go i fucking love twilight princess okay okay i just want to know where we're at here i don't care one way or the other i'm just i'm curious about that because that seems to be the dividing line with a lot of people is like how you feel about twilight princess because i'm pretty indifferent about it and i feel like you either like love it or you're like all right it was a zelda game i just felt like it was ocarina of time again so exactly it's ocarina of time again but like goth and it made me so happy (laughs) Yeah, it was. It's like the Dark Souls version of fucking Legend of Zelda, just like ten years before Dark Souls was actually a thing. And I'm here like for a, it. Yeah, oh, fair, <laughs> fair. Yeah, I, I love Twilight Princess too. Not to the extent Alicia does, but uh, I'm I was a really big fan of it. I really enjoyed that game. Exactly. I replayed it when I replayed Wind Waker last year, and like you'll notice that I talked about me replaying Wind Waker when I replayed it because I loved that game and was like having a good time with it. And then I got through to Twilight Princess, and I'm like, yeah, this is a Zelda game. Like it's not bad, and I don't <laughs> hate it or anything, but I'm just like, yeah, it's a Zelda game. I didn't do anything yeah. new or cool, which is why, like, moving into Skyward Sword, I was like, all right, this is different. Like, like a look, and then getting into Breath of the Wild, I was like, or actually, Skyward Sword was like, I hate the fucking controls, but I like the look. And they finally got the Breath of the Wild. I'm like, wow, now I'm home. Like, now I feel good about Zelda again. So, well, like, Wind Waker was really divisive too when it came out. It was, yeah, yeah. And I was super on board yeah. with Wind Waker for some reason. I don't know. Like, the, the art style didn't bother me. It was more the, uh, like, I just thought the game itself was like, exactly what i wanted from a zelda game so and i will say like i am committed to the series it's one of my favorite series now and to the point where like and i know i've mentioned this on the podcast previously where i'm very slowly making my way through the entire series like according to the timeline that was published in uh in hyrule historia like i played breath of the wild out of order because it was a new game so i wanted to play it but so right now my next game will be spirit tracks Spirit Tracks? No, fa- is it yes, fa- Phantom Hourglass then Spirit Tracks or vice, vice versa? Yeah, so I'll be playing Phantom Hourglass and then Spirit Tracks because I'm on that like Wind Waker, like the Drowned World fork of the timeline. And I've played through everything on the 
like Majora's Mask and Twilight Princess and then Breath of the Wild fork. And then I'll be going back and playing the stuff on like the original like NES games uh, fork of the of the timeline. That timeline. I hate that timeline. It fucking drives me crazy. But fair. That's fine. <laughs> all right so well with that let's get to uh breath of the wild what was everybody's like just sort of general feelings of the game overall do you like it do you hate it were you in between let's go back to alicia first meh <laughs> <laughs> very okay, depth so, review there. Oh, I, I talk at people about this a lot i was super fucking stoked about breath of the wild i saw like the preview uh the previews and it was like the Skyward Sword art style. And I was here for it. I love that like watercolory, like pseudo cell shaded look. I love it. The gameplay is pretty good. I like being able to climb. I hate the fucking rain. Being able yeah, to just right. like go around and explore like <laughs> the original Zelda and kind of aimlessly is cool. I like it. It really failed me on the story. And it only was fixed in X-Pac 2, and even then, not as much as I would have liked. And one, I think it's bullshit. I had to buy expansion packs for a Zelda game, period. And two, I <laughs> the story of a Zelda game is really important to me. And to follow up something as story-driven as Skyward Sword with Breath of the Wild, I was really unimpressed. The ending to Breath of the Wild enraged me. I threw the Switch when I finished the game. And... When I'm playing it, it makes me feel like I'm playing an MMO with no one else there. And I'm okay with running around in an empty environment and grinding things if I'm playing it with other people, not just by myself. I get really lonely and I understand it's part of the aesthetic of the game, but it's not something that I like. Fair. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I think we'll we'll have more discussion on those points. Uh, but first, Mark, what was your general impressions of BOT dubs? I was uh, I was super on board. All of the things that Alicia says she didn't like right there are actually storytelling elements that I quite enjoy in my video gaming. Like I know it's a huge sticking point for a lot of traditional Zelda fans, but like I like the way they tell the story in in this. What story? <laughs> what the whole the whole like her fan to be Zelda doesn't interest you at all. Like the like she can't access the power that she needs to finish the job, and like her whole like that whole path that she has doesn't work for you. Sort of. Sort of. But that's not really the story of the game, even though, right? Like, that's the story of, like, 100 years before the game. Yeah, but, I mean, like, it's, like, that's why you're there. So, like, it's kind of part and parcel yeah. of what's going on. I don't know. I thought, I liked, yeah. I liked the story. It's not, like, my favorite fucking Zelda story. I don't really know. I think Link to the Past is still probably my favorite story out of all the games. And maybe it was not the story that I actually liked. Maybe it's just the way they did it. Because it's very much, like, they told the story in a very Metroid way. In that isolation, like, using the environment to tell the story a lot. And then, like only having hints and like rumors going around about what actually happened. So you're kind of piecing together stuff based on your memories and all this other stuff. I like that kind of like, and that's why I like these big open world games is because you get to go and like dig around and find all the information. And like you get to put the pieces together yourself. It's a pretty, like if you're a Zelda fan, you're used to that linear, like follow the story from point A to point B to point C to point D kind of thing. Like I could see why that's super frustrating, but I don't know. I think the the difference too will be that like how many like what other kinds of games you you only play Zelda. I also play MMOs. I play Lord of the Rings online. Yeah, and like simulation games. Whereas like I'm more of like a mainline console like gamer guy kind of thing. Like I've been. You can ask Tim. My last the last month since I've been off work has just been me. Actually, even the last even before I finished work was like 
just i've been red dead crackdown. yeah like i've been playing red dead i'm playing crackdown now like i did tomb raider like i'm i'm play everything Res- resident, resident evil 2 was big yeah. not too long ago yeah too so like i'm always playing something new so like this style of gameplay is super familiar to me and that style of storytelling comes part and parcel with that kind of gameplay so i was like this is all of this is working for me so i was on board for breath of the wild pretty hard uh from the beginning as the i'm sure we heard on the podcast like me just being like I'm off work. That's all I'm doing right now. And that's kind of the story of what happened <laughs> this year, too, where like I was like, oh, we're going to do the episode. I'm going to play it again. Well, it's a week of my life. I'm never getting back. I spent it in Hyrule again. So I, I, I find it interesting that you yeah. find the game replayable because I don't. I've gone in there and I've done what I wanted to do. And I there's not anything to draw me back other than running around and finding Koroks and fuck that. I'm actually <laughs> like when I finished Breath of the Wild the first time I was immediately like i'll never play this game again because like there was no real reason to go back to it and it's such it's a big fucking game like it's a 200 hour like it investment worth of, like getting in there and playing so at the time i was like i'm never gonna do this again i just happened to have the time and i we were gonna do this episode and i hadn't played it in two years and i'm like i'm not I'm, it's either i'm gonna have to rewatch all the plot shit on <laughs> youtube or and then not really be able to talk about the gameplay much because i haven't had a chance to like sit down and really play it Whereas now I've got a bunch of detailed notes about what I don't like about it <laughs> in terms of like interface and gameplay, <laughs> like ideologies and stuff like that. But yeah, no, it just worked for me uh, that way. So I don't know. For me, I really enjoy the game. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite Zelda game. It is definitely a departure from sort of the classic mechanics of the series, you know, the real like dungeon-y kind of stuff. But I was okay with that fucking beautiful game atmospherically i was like in love with it like it's a world that i could i have spent like a hundred plus hours in kind of thing with without like feeling like i'm bored of it or that i've you know explored every nook and cranny of it kind of thing i'm torn on the story side of it and i feel like this is in part because of the way that i play games i you know i'd go huge stretches of playing without actually getting any more story i think part of the thing that saved it for me was the fact that i played it after all the expansion packs had already been released. So the the Champions Ballad for me was part and of the And actually, game. like having replayed it, like that was part of the reason why I wanted to replay it because I wanted to have the Champions Ballad and the Trial of the Sword included in a playthrough. Like I didn't just want to go into my Wii U save mm-hmm. from like two years ago that I haven't touched since then, which would have forced me to take my Wii U out of fucking storage, basically. Which So no, that wasn't happening. <laughs> and then like play through this stuff. Because I was really curious. And like like Alicia, like I remember when I was playing through the base game being like, I don't care about like I like and like yeah like Pretty especially the, the story of the champions was so thin that I was like this kind of sucks like I wanted to know more like and like granted a half of the fucking champions I can totally do without and then the other but like the, the other two I'm like I really wanted to know more about those two characters so getting the the DLC dump with what little it had in it I was very happy with but I think I completely agree with Alicia all that stuff should have been in the base game and probably would have in a non DLC world like they would have delayed the game another year to get it finished and have all that shit included as opposed to just being like we can dump this base game out and then give you dlc that actually fills out the rest of the story which i could see how that's frustrating and i did kind of find it frustrating but i found that playing through it with all of it included made it a way better game yeah i agree And, and i think i probably would have been in the same boat i would have been frustrated if i played through the whole game you know, just the base game yeah. without the DLC and was like, and it would have felt, I would have mm-hmm. felt somewhat unfulfilled. But with that Champions Ballad, with both the, the EX packs in there, I was pretty, I was pretty happy with it overall, especially considering right before I went into the Ganon fight, 
I, did. I rewatched all the memories in order. I did too. Yeah. Cause I was like, well, okay. Like I know cause you see, especially the way you find them, they're not in order. So like, it kind of gives you like the actual narrative if you play them mm-hmm. the way they're set up in the, in the slate. So you can be like, yeah. Oh, I understand now why. Cause at first it's like, wow, you found the thing of like them running away. And then you find the one about like the champion seeing Calamity again and show up. Then you see these one like from way earlier where Zelda fucking hates Link. And you're like, this story makes no fucking sense. What's going on? Then you got to kind of watch yeah, it's it all over the place and then be like, oh, I get it. She resents him. That's cute. I got OK, let's keep moving. So. Yeah. And then you see the memories of them like post the battle where they're both like beat to shit and, you know, and uh, and them taking Link to the Shrine of Resurrection and everything. Yeah, and her actually finally getting her power to activate and stuff like that because Mm-hmm. repressed little girl needed to, to, yeah, to protect him. With him yeah so that's one of the things that i really don't like <laughs> about this game trophy. too is i don't like games where um people want to ship link and zelda the only game i think that's a valid one a valid thing to think in is skyward sword honestly mm. okay all zelda really needed to get her power unlocked was that deep zelda dick well link. she needed that mask yeah the dick. deep link dick she needed the mask she, need, she needed yeah, she needed the master sword. She needed to unsheath that master to, to, sword. To, yeah, to, well, no, she needed to be inserted into its sheath. There you go. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to Dance Robot Dance, yeah, everybody. Basically. Where we make everything dirty. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you're not a shipper. Like, you don't, like, I don't, like, I'm not a ship guy either one way or the other. So, like, that really bothers you? Like, that takes you out of the? Alicia's ship is Midna and Link. No. No. My ship for Breath of the Wild is Mifa and Link. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mifa. Yeah. See, like, I liked that. St- See, I liked that there had that little triangle in that backstory. Like, I found that very enjoyable. My only problem is, I know it's, like, super blasphemy and you're going to yell at me for this. Not giving Link a voice when you're trying to make a love triangle makes it real fucking awkward <laughs> to give a shit about any of it. Yeah. Because I'm like, he's just, he, like, what do they find interesting about this cipher? Like, I don't understand. And, like, especially Zelda, eventually, who watched him slaughter just monsters just slaughter monsters because they're sitting in the middle of there's one of those flashbacks where they're sitting in like a a just mass a, grave yeah. of fucking <laughs> just a monster field, corp field yeah <laughs> and she's like super hot for it and I'm like, why wouldn't you be i don't know man that just seems weird to me it seemed off all right hey man if that works for you that works for you yeah but i i thought i thought it was weird where she was just like getting all frothy and i'm like just cut the head off that linnell like that linnell is dead what did that Linnell do to him? Like, I don't know. Wait, Linnell or Lionel? I'm Lionel. I'm Lionel. I, I was having all kinds of fun times actually hearing these words pronounced for the first time in this game. So like Hylian, yeah. which is now they pronounce Hylian. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because I've been mispronouncing that in my head for my entire life. So No, it's definitely Hylian. Fuck Hylian. I don't, I don't care one way or the other. <laughs> You're not going to get an argument out of me. I, I'm going to say it wrong probably if we bring it up again because I will <laughs> go revert to my old way of thinking. But, yeah, yeah. I, I will say I did find the story to be a a little bit thin, and I think it was just because it was so like spaced out for me because I'm very much a completionist and want to explore as much as I can before I get to the boss fight and everything. So like before I even went and fought Ganon, like I finished the whole both the X packs and like all of the shrines and enough Koroks to I'm unlock uh, all my yeah to completely expand my inventory and everything, and all of that meant that like. Yeah, it's been like probably 20 hours of gameplay since I've had like any addition to the story. All I know right now is that Ganon has taken over the castle and I need to go beat him. Yeah, my style of gameplay plays completely opposite from that. And I had that same problem, though. I I ran straight from settlement to settlement 
did all the divine beasts and then straight to Ganon. And I still felt that yeah. same way. Alicia's very much a uh, power through gamer. I uh, I think the first time I played it, I wanted a little bit more than I did this time. I was pretty focused. Like I was like, I, we had a deadline, first of all. So I was like, I know I got to get through this game and I know how long it takes to get through this game. And I wanted to like, not 100% it, but I wanted to like really get in there and kind of like do everything again. Like everything, everything. Not, I was kind of planning on doing the Korok seeds, but I'm at like 570 something. Oh, and I'm God. like, I can't, I, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. Like I can do like 20 minute bursts. And then I'm like, this <laughs> fucking sucks. I got so I was doing it this afternoon. I'm like, I'm gonna play this for a little while and just like get Korok seeds. I gotta get this 900. I gotta do it. And then the dragon showed up, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go hunt the dragon because it's way more fun than this stupid bullshit." Like, oh, the dragons are so pretty. Yeah. They were like one of my favorite parts of the game by far. Like, it, and it was so much fun farming shit off them and stuff like that too. Like, I've never had so much fun farming as I have with those dragons. Yeah, I actually have a question about that. It may not apply to Tim. Well, it probably does because you played a you played a good number of them, but like. That first time you saw a dragon, like, what did you think when you were playing that? Oh, fuck. <laughs> did you, did I not blow your fucking mind? I remember I was out in, like, the wetlands kind of thing in the south of the map. Like, I didn't even know what I was doing, like, hunting shrines or whatever. And then the fucking, I think, I think it's Farron. Farron? Yeah, like, the, the yellow. Farosh. Uh, Farosh, yeah. The yellow-tipped one started yeah, flying around. One. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to fucking fight that eventually. <laughs> I'm going to get wrecked. <laughs> and it was like, as at the point where I still had like four or five stars and I was still kind of figuring <laughs> out the game or four or five hearts and I was still kind hearts. of figuring out the game. And I was like, oh shit, that thing is going to fucking fuck me <laughs> so hard. Like it's so big. The first one I encountered was Nadra, who's the one that you do actually have to fucking fight because yeah. she's corrupted originally. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she fucking wrecked me a couple times before I finally actually beat her. She was yeah, my first one too. And then oh. when I saw the other dragons, I was like, motherfucker, how many times do I have to do this? <laughs> yeah, only three, but like 40 if you want to get into the big monster fights uh, per monster, too. If you want that little metal, that was dumb. I don't know why yeah. I did that. I did that this week. That's definitely something I did this week. Oh, you did get some of the medals? I got all of them. I got all three. Oh, yeah. Sort of going through and getting them as I'm encountering them right now. Um, also, as I'm doing more of the uh, Korok seeds. The Mul- I have the Mulduga medal. Like I, I yeah, ought- already beat all the Muldugas. Yeah, because there's only like four of them. Well, there's four plus one in DLC, so there's five total now. Like the King one. Yeah, the Great Mulduga. Yeah. Started bombing around doing it. And I was like, oh, you can get a, a thing for killing all these ta- like palaces. I'm like, I wonder how many there are. And there's like forty. I was like, all right, I'm breaking the map out. I'm gonna go fuck these guys up. Yeah. The problem is disable some of your powers. Like have fun with it. Because like I went in there and Orbosos Fury ripped through them in like yeah. one shot. I was like, well, that was fun. Like I had no fun with that <laughs> at all. I'll usually have fun with those and like actually try and beat them properly. Mm-hmm. But if they're the ones that have the fucking like rock on the like the the weak point on their back, oh yeah, where it's just a cunt to get to, yeah. like fuck it, or Bosa's Fury, the fuck out of this yeah. one. Oh yeah, but I love getting up on top, like on the ones where the their like weak point is on top, mm-hmm. getting up and just doing those like spin attacks yeah. and just beating the shit out of it that way, like with a hammer or a, a two handed weapon or something. Yeah, but even that's like way too easy. Like they just sit there and take it the whole time. I'm like this, oh, come on, <laughs> fight, man. Like let's have some fun here. It's kind of why like I'm just dis- I was disappointed they didn't have a medal for the the Lionels because. They're yeah. fun to fight. Like even to like now, they are where I played this game through twice, and I'm really good at most of the combat. They will still occasionally catch me, like do something a little the weird, silver lionels, yeah. yeah, and do something a little fucked up in their pattern, and like just wreck yeah. me for a little while till I kind of get back on my feet and like stasis the bastard and shoot him in the fucking face again. But like, there's still certain of their attacks and shit like that that I'm not exactly sure like what dodge I'm supposed to do in order to activate mm-hmm. a flurry rush. 
for those of our listeners that have not played this game, I don't know why you're listening to this fucking episode. Yeah. <laughs> played this game because we've already like gone way into the weeds and stuff that's super specific to the game. And spoil the flurry rush shit, is yeah. like, yeah, it puts you basically into like a bullet time sort of thing yeah. where you get like six or seven hits in a row. One of these sort of like really high powered creatures kind of thing well it's almost anything that can actually take that many hits can get a you can uh, access flurry rush as long as you dodge at the right time because there's two things i'm a shield like parry guy so like mm-hmm. i found the lanels like once i see i'm gonna mispronounce it because i it's in my head that way <laughs> the lionels when they rush you shield bash works perfectly on them like it just knocks them out of their fucking rush so like okay, whatever I they're doing that i was always trying for flurry rush. no 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 if they if he if he runs right at you or he comes at you swinging his weapon if you shield parry mm-hmm. it, he's going to stop and like you're going to have like okay. a half a second to shoot him in the fucking face with your bow, um, which will stun yeah. him and then you can get on top of him kind of thing. So, well, now we're getting pretty deep into into gameplay kind of stuff. And that was the probably the thing I was happiest with in this game is like the combat controls and the gameplay were really, really fun. Yeah. Overall. And, and again, like just what Mark and I were going back and forth with right now, you can have your own style to it, yeah. which in previous Zelda games, like you were pretty limited in the moves and, and weaponry and stuff like that you had access to. Yeah, and I like that the gameplay period works for me. Like I these kinds of games where you go from like underpowered peewee to overpowered god kind of thing are exactly <laughs> what I play all the time. Like that's if you look at the games that I talk about, it's always you start out like shit. That's most video games. But like you start out like shit and then you go through an open world. And you end up way overpowered by the end where like you're just crushing shit, which kind of takes away from the fun. But at the same time is kind of the fun of it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I like that element in that you can very much play in sort of your own pace and your own style. Yeah. Like you can try and like go to Ganon like without having done all the Divine Beasts or like having not unlocked all your slots or having not gotten all of your heart containers or all the shrines and stuff like that and make it more challenging or you can do like what i do where i'm more in the game for story and exploring the world and stuff like that not just because i want to challenge so i have no problem going into a fucking boss fight like totally overpowered because i'm more just there for the experience of it than i am for the like yeah come on fucking wreck me like make this hard for me kind of thing i go back and forth on it depends on what mood i'm in sometimes i'm like i don't want to deal with this i'm just going to rip this thing apart but like that's the beauty of the game like i can walk into a fight and be like okay what do i have oh, I know there's five ways that I could just destroy whatever I'm walking into, but I'm not going to. I'm going to destroy it slowly so that it knows it did a, it made a mistake in fighting me because it's going to suffer for a little yeah. bit first. So. <laughs> uh, Alicia, what were your feelings on the general gameplay overall? I mean, overall, I liked it. I liked the combat system. I do think that your weapons breaking is kind of bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) That was going to come up. That was going to come up. Of course it was. (laughs) Even the Master Sword. Yeah. That's the part that really killed me. I feel like it... Even powered up, it still fucks up. I was like, what the fuck? Why did I do that goddamn trial? That trial was... Well, actually, we could talk about the trials, but like that trial was so agonizing. And then like the sword still kind of sucks. And I'm like, well, this... All right, whatever. Yeah, I never finished the trial. I was just not. That's not I, what I want to play a game for. Yeah, I did, but I but I fully looked up a guide so I knew it was coming. Not like the whole way through, but by the time like I'd gotten wrecked a few times and gotten like two rooms away from the end of one of them and just gotten killed, I was like, nope, fuck this. I'm done with that. I'm gonna look up a guide so I know what's coming in the next room, and at least I know, you know, well, I have some idea of what I'm gonna need to deal with and that kind of thing. It was pretty funny because Tim got a pretty good running commentary on me going through the DLC portion of the game this time through because like whatever I was, 
he had already played it when I was playing through again, obviously, and I had never played the DLC stuff. But I was going through that trial, and I, the first time I played it, I made it to the second to last room, and I got mobbed and fucked, and I died. Mm. And I was like, God. Oh, no. So I made it through all of them, and I was like, this is, like, it's hard, but it wasn't like I didn't die until, and so I died. I freaked out, and Tim saw, like, the large, long fuck that I sent to him. Because <laughs> what I did was, like, I looked it up. I hadn't looked it up yet. Because um, I just wanted to go in and see like how hard it was going to be. And I'm like, wow, I'm doing way better than I probably should be. But anyway, I looked it up and was like, how far away from the end was I? Like, I was like, I was one room away from the end. I was like, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. And I was thankfully had to start in the, like, you get to start in that last trial. But that's still 23 fucking rooms or whatever. So, and then by then I'd already done them all once. So I just kind of, I fucking cakewalked my way through it the second time. So. It wasn't that bad, but yeah, that one, I was so fucking hot after that one. I was so pissed off. <laughs> I should, we should find a yeah, screenshot that's... of that and like post it in the comments of this episode. Just be like, fuck! This is me screaming. Because <laughs> I pitched my controller. I have a pillow set up in front of my thing now so that if I get pissed off and throw a controller, my pro controller went right in the pillow for that very reason. What's our tagline? Like, we speak the language of uh, geeks, nerds, and rage, geeks, nerds and rage, oh. quit- rage quitters. Yeah. Yeah. Before I like, <laughs> I was throwing the controller and pulling my phone out to message you and then like getting ready to look at the next like, how did I what, what did I do wrong? I'm going to go find this and kill it. But I had a moment. <laughs> I would like to point out when I rage through my controller after I finished the game, I was actually throwing the entire yeah. switch because I only yeah. play it in handheld. Mode. <laughs> That's a four hundred dollar mistake. eh? Yeah, it's a good thing you weren't playing in the fucking bathtub like you played about 70% of that game. I That's low. I feel like I played about 85% of that game in the bathtub. <laughs> How much time do you spend in the bathtub? You know what? A lot Never of mind. <laughs> that's too much information. We don't need to know that. <laughs> the Let's say that the large bathtub in this house was a major selling point for us. Very much there. so. Wait, yeah. I still don't want to know. Let's keep moving along about Zelda. <laughs> I don't need to know about your sex gymnastics, um, guys. I just don't need to know about that. The Going back to gameplay stuff, I did find that it did a really good job of scaling. Um, so like in that... And so endgame it did, yes. You know, well, not just, not just in difficulty, but in ease of access of the world overall. Oh, okay. They did a really good job at making what could have been a frustratingly war- large world considerably smaller through various game mechanics, whether it's like you know shrine warping or the towers like that was almost the like one of the very first things i did was go around and unlock as many of the towers as i could yeah well they learned their lesson with wind waker yeah oh yeah yeah that charting shit i mean i liked it because i i have a fondness for like and i it's, it's kind of funny you were talking earlier alicia about how you don't want like playing in isolation like that whereas like i find that isolation compelling i'm like i am the lone hero stuck out here doing this by myself fuck everybody else everybody else sucks this is my goddamn job <laughs> so let's go do this thing and i that's fine it means i have to chart this whole fucking ocean i'll chart the whole fucking ocean if i gotta go to every goddamn tower and open up this map and kill all these little bastards and open up all these shrines i'm gonna do it because it's my mission in life now so yeah. that's kind of like my weird rpg like way of playing the games where i'm like no i am the hero let's go do this yeah um, <laughs> so like that's why i like this game so much because it's like yeah, I'm stuck. I'm in the middle of a fucking mountain range, like way far north of like some shitty settlement with a bunch of bird douchebags. And like, there, I have no backup, <laughs> but like, that's what this game's about is being stuck out there and having no backup. And like, you're the hero, take a guy down kind of thing. So, 
Yeah, I'm in the. Yeah, the Rito and this game were so unlikable. Oh my god, they're horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Especially that, like the main guy. I was like, holy shit! If I were Link, uh, yeah, he'd be wearing my, the Master Sword up his fucking asshole by like five minutes in. I like some of the Rito. I like the huge owl dude yeah. and the the little like the little baby Rito that sing the song. Yeah, I like to see, like, the cute. character design on the Rito actually worked for me a lot. Like I think it was the best. All the Rito. character designs. Yeah, but like this is the best like, Ritos have ever looked. Ritos always look weird to me yeah it's yeah. like the wind waker ones where like that weird little like white people with like the strange beak nose thing i'm like oh those look creepy whereas like these ones i'm like i get it they all look really good same with the zora like the old fish-eyed yeah. like gray looking zora i was like oh those are kind of creepy looking whereas like these ones i'm like they look cool as shit now apparently there's a huge community of people on the internet that just want to fuck prince Sidow or whatever Sidon. There's a bunch yeah. of people who ship him and Link. Yeah. Oh yeah. Why would you not? They're perfect together. That's my ship for this game. She's Jesus Internet. <laughs> Fuck. God damn it. He should have been with Mifa. So if he can't get with Mifa, he may as well be with her brother. I think it would work perfectly. I'm into it. Close enough. I'm into it. I'm into it. He can he can still be with fucking uh with fucking Mifa. He can fuck some ghosts. Ghost fucking. There's an episode about Lost Podcast on the left about romantic ghosts. You should listen to it. It doesn't usually work out super well. There's something weird in your neighborhood. Who are you going to call? Ghost fuckers. Boston makes me feel good, guys. Just <laughs> gross. <laughs> gross. Yeah, I, I do find it funny that um, Link in general, like fish girls want all up on his dick. Oh, yeah. Starting in like Ocarina, Ocarina of time. time. Yeah, it's always been like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Except they were the really unlikable species in Ocarina of Time because that fucking princess was obnoxious as shit. Mostly because fuck Guardian Quests. I don't in general I don't remember that. I haven't played Ocarina. Oh, you don't remember ja- uh, print or Jabu Jabu's belly or whatever, where you have to go through and like fucking shepherd her through the whole dungeon. You have to you have to carry her. Yeah. Is that Wind Waker or no Ocarina? Ocarina of Time. I don't remember. OK, I haven't played Ocarina since then 64 days. Like I. Oh, sorry. How dare you? True. I have you tried play, play the play the 64 or the 3D version. It's really we've good. talked about yeah. this. Like I just uh, there's yeah. something mechanically about the N64 games that doesn't work for me anymore. Like I've just aged past like they've aged poorly for some reason. It's mm. so, like I have a hard time mechanically getting into them. I want to because I love Ocarina or I did when I played it last. I just haven't played through it in ages. The only thing I remember of Ocarina is that fucking water temple. Oh, oh God. God. Thing I remember about yeah. Ocarina. So they yep. fixed the mechanic in that and the 3D oh, well. well you can't you can't uh, get stuck in it on the 3ds version like you can in the you don't necessarily get stuck it's just it's real fucking hard to like find the way out if i'm not mistaken i, I oh no there's a way to dead end i think in the ocarina of time like the original. Uh, in the original version yeah there's a way to like you fucked yourself you have to like if your save game was after the point that you fucked yourself you're screwed uh, okay i know i beat that game on one save so like I, I must not have had that happen to me but like i remember that fucking water temple was just like a giant bitch and i got i mean i got through it but it, like, it was a pain in the ass that's all i remember of ocarina is what i'm trying to get to because like, i just <laughs> i haven't played yeah. it yet. maybe like i do have it on my 3ds maybe i'll give it a spin now that i'm done this monstrosity that's another i mean we could easily do an episode of Ocarina of Time like that was we're, no because we're going to do a goddamn episode the, about the original ones because those are the real shit and you haven't played them you <laughs> fucking heathen I don't know what Alicia's doing here but she's doing it wrong she didn't make you play Zelda and Link to the Past first so let's be fair whenever a new like one of the remakes comes out and I like ask Alicia if I can play it like the Majora's Mask remake was out when I was going to play Majora's Mask and it's I was like, remake, was it? uh, I think I'm, I think I'm just going to play the 3DS version. Yeah, because they made a 3DS version of uh, Majora's yeah. Mask, too. And he's like, I think I'm just going to play the 3DS version. And she was like, 
No, you're fucking not. <laughs> you suffer and play the N64 version. See, but that's but you shit on me for saying I don't want to replay Majora's Mask. But like, there you go. Like, I love Majora's Mask so much. I think that the side quests in that game are the best side quests from any Zelda game. If you're fucking tripping shrooms, maybe. Yeah. Oh come on, the uh, Andu and Cafe or whatever quest is so good. That's so creepy. And it casts like it takes like five fucking years to finish that side quest too. Like, oh, it's that's... so good though. The story is amazing. Wait, you mean that great fucking side quest that focuses primarily on pedophilia? Yeah, that's a great side quest. It's not really pedophilia. He's an adult. He's just in a child's body because he pissed off a wizard or whatever the fuck. Which wasn't it? Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, like, there's just something really compelling about Majora's Mask and that particular quest where you bring them together so they just die. Like, they, they die happy together. There's just something about that in the same way that Twilight Princess makes me happy, that Majora's Mask <laughs> makes me happy. You're uh, dark. Yeah, Mark, sometime we need to show you, like, Alicia's, like, goth high school pictures. <laughs> I'm, I can see it. I can picture it. I can, <laughs> back okay. to Breath of the Wild. <laughs> the other thing I thought that scaled going, this is back to the beginning of this tangent, uh, in terms of the way that they scaled the game was the skills that you unlock from the champions and then that you power up through the champions ballad. Those made the game so much more playable. And so it made it so much easier to explore the world as you went on as well. Like shit, like Mifa's Rivali's Grace, you don't have to worry. Yeah, Rivali's Gale in particular. Because it's like, oh, I just saved like three hours scaling cliffs because yeah. now I can just like fucking use Rivali's Gale to fly up into the air with the greatest of ease. I uh, I played through the game this time the same way I played through it the first time. Like I followed kind of the story arc where it kind of sends you up the east side of the map. So through the Zora's Domain up to the Gorons first. Oh, that's not what I did. Well, that's kind of how they send you, isn't it? Like they kind of point you in they that direction. They don't really direction. send you in any direction. I like, like, I, they I... send you to Kakariko Village. Yeah. And then after that, yeah, I, I went... Zora and then Goron yeah. and then around. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's the loop they want you to kind of do. Because if you look at the way the enemies scale, like the fight in Gerudo, Gerudo God, I don't fucking pronounce all these goddamn names. Gerudo. Gerudo. Yep. That was the only one that I had a problem with because the electricity, all the electricity, that's the one mechanic in this game. Like the rain sucks and the weapon breakage sucks, but like constantly getting zapped by little fuckers that disarm you on top of the fact that your weapons are about to break. <laughs> that drove yeah, me insane. The yellow tailed Lizalfos. Yeah. Well, not just that, but all of them. Anything yellow that had the electric power could disarm you, because like those fucking keys that were electric would just sneak up on you, and next thing you know, all your shit. So I did Gerudo first. Yeah, I did. Uh, or yeah, so I did uh, Von Boris. Yeah. Is that it? Was the first. So I had that fucking helmet for like most of the goddamn game, which was beautiful. Anytime there's a fucking thunderstorm, yeah. it's like helmet on, no problem. Fuck and all y'all. The thing, if you do the Gerudo quest first i feel like the game would just be like cripplingly easy because you're you have that helmet if you do all the side quests and then her power like her fury in a fight is way overpowered yeah like it is god level shit because you're just like i i walked into a talus at one point and hit it with that power and it killed it in one shot and i was like well I found usually it's at least two Urbosa's Furies to kill a... Uh, Some, most of them are two, but I ran into one that was like probably kind of lower level, like as I was running through like the main mm. part of Hyrule Field or whatever, and like I hit it with one, thinking it would be a stun so that I could get on top of it, and it just fucking caved in on itself. I was like, oh, well, this power is real overpowered. So I feel like if I started like my in my head, if I ever play this again, I am going directly to the Rito because Revali's Gale is way too handy in opening the map up. 
and then going to a Robosa because then you no fight's going to be a challenge and then just ripping the rest of the game apart because yeah at that point between that and being able to stack like hearty meals with for full refresh you're flying through most of it mm-hmm. so. yeah I, I never used Rivali's Gale because I oh, hate God, his I voice so much I, I didn't want to hear it his that power <laughs> so like it's the most it's the one I probably use the most if you actually had a counter on like which power you use the most that's the one yeah, I'm always definitely. using that one I'm like ah shit that Koroks where, the, uh, where I am on the map in the fucking bottom of this valley it says this is where the Korok is, but I'm looking up and I can see the platform above me where it probably actually is. I'm not climbing that fucking thing. Rivali's Gale, up, grab, keep moving. Because, like, fuck Koroks and fuck all that climbing I gotta do. Because I'm gonna get stuck in a rainstorm halfway up, too, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, it'd probably be pretty equal between Drew's Protection and Rivali's Gale because I definitely. That just turns on by automatic. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. I mean, that one saves your balls a lot. Yeah, exactly. I honestly probably use Mifa's Grace more than anything else because I never got into making food and I would just, you know, I Leroy Jenkins fucking everything. Yeah, that right? is exactly Alicia's, Alicia's, <laughs> Alicia's fucking philosophy towards gameplay is let's just fucking do this. Leroy Jenkins, I'll go into this boss fight with one fucking heart. No problem. I went into the Ganon fight with six hearts and no food and I came out. I, uh, I'm curious about this because like, this is not a game where Leroy Jenkins being works like i would find like this would be a game where this that's very frustrating because like you can kind of game it but like you need to have some defense in order to game the system like you got to be able to tank some shots usually but like I, I was perfectly okay with the exception of the blight and the water guardian and lionel's oh, okay. other than yeah. that you can just fucking leroy jenkins the whole game especially gan and he's so easy yeah he's yeah he, disappointingly he, easy yeah and that was like we were i was going to talk about that because when i finished by the time you finish all the game story and stuff like that and you go into ganon that last fight i was like man i cut through him like a hot knife through butter like just i cut him into shreds like he didn't even touch me i didn't have to use any of my health i was so overpowered by the time i got to that fight both times i've played it now that i was like wow man they really uh they really trumped this guy up like he was hot shit but uh (laughs) i fucking i did i really fucked him up really bad (laughs) well i mean the fact that like half of his of the first version's health is gone by mm-hmm. because of the divine beast makes it way easier yeah yeah and and the pig version is literally just the unlock to the water divine beast yeah. again yeah yeah meh well the ganondorf like iteration the pig beast version was at least they, they were both designed really well though i like the look of all the blight stuff like i thought that was a cool aesthetic the way it had all the like get, like especially once you get to calamity ganon and you like that weird insectoid thing with his fucked up decomposing face and the big bushy Gerudo beard, like the big red beard and stuff. I was like, this looks badass, mm-hmm. like looks super cool. It would be nice if he put up a bit more of a fight and I didn't cave his fucking skull in <laughs> in like 13 seconds because I kind of <laughs> did. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can go back to the champions ballot again, like that fight, that monk at the end. Ooh, was, that was a fun fight. I found was at, la- at yeah. least two or three times harder than the actual Ganon fight. Uh, it still wasn't like super challenging, but it was definitely it was hard for a Zelda game, at least for a post Ocarina of Time Zelda game. It was definitely more challenging than any other fight in the game for me, especially that part where he starts to sp- like. I hate that. That's a mechanic in video games, especially in the 3D Zelda games. They do this a lot, where like thing splits up and you got to knock out yeah. all its little clones. Yeah. In this game, or I'm- you can just figure out which one is the actual one. Or yeah. there's Urbosa's Fury. Oh yeah, that's what I did. Was Urbosa's Fury? It just kills all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so I, I kept doing that, and I was like, well. 
it's kind of taking the challenge out of it. But at the same time, I hate that mechanic. So I was like, and I know I'm not going to die. Like I'm way too powerful at this point to die in this fight. Like I've got way too much food. I, Mifa's grace hasn't even turned on yet. Like everything's flying, but I'm like, this is just taking an awful long time just to like, but that's, that's almost the point of every um, Zelda boss fight is you can brute force almost every Zelda boss, mm-hmm. but there's also always an easier way to do it, right? There's always some technique or special move or something that you've learned that can make that fight be like 10 times easier. So you can just go in. But is it more fun? I will see. I like the puzzle, right? Yeah, I like the logic, like figuring out like, OK, given what this boss's mechanic is which of my skills seems like it would counter that the best. Like, but that's just the way that I think like I'm a logical thinker. I like, you know, puzzles and figuring shit out and that kind of thing. Problem solving. Not just, I just have a lot of aggression. I need to hack it. I've noticed. See, I'm, I think I'm, I'm halfway between the two of you. Where it's like, I do have a lot of aggression and want to just hack at things, but there's like the evil Machiavellian part of my brain that is like, it's almost as much fun to figure out how to fuck this thing up so badly that it regrets existing. And like that's where like the planning side of shit comes into it. It's like, how can I really ruin this thing's fucking day? And that's how like the evil mark comes out. Like, I'm gonna oh that that Lionel, yeah, I need to take that thing down. Well, I'm gonna make it regret it was born. So let's go do this thing. So <laughs> nice. we started talking now about more of the visual aspects with like talking about the design on the Ganon versions. I thought that the fucking visuals in this game were easily, if not the most impressive aspect of it. Like the world just fucking beautiful all the character designs were amazing most of the enemy designs were really good yeah i was just really happy with the way that the world looked overall i am 100 percent with you on the aesthetic of the game i think the characters look great i think the animation is really good i just wish it didn't run like dog shit and when you're climbing constantly the <laughs> texture work needed it really yeah. needs like a nice little spit polish i think because i had a real issue like climbing up these textures and like, I see pixels and I know I'm playing it on a, like a newer 4k panel and the switch yeah. is not designed to run like that. But I was like, man, this game looks like dog shit. Like from a graphical point, like a, like a really technical <laughs> graphical point. Yeah. Like it's super like, yeah. Bad aliasing, like very, very like alias thing and, like and that kind of thing. And yeah. That's the charm of a Nintendo game though. I see. I'm not, I'm, this is one of those things. Like this is an argument that like we can either have or not have. We can decide whether we have it. Cause I'm, not 100% on board with Nintendo's like underpowering their machines just because like they want to do the gimmicky thing. I still kind of want my Nintendo games to look real good. So when I get into this, I'm like, oh, this art style is really cool and it would look really nice, like crisply aliased and rendered on like modern hardware, like a 1X or something like that. This would look really great because I've seen this game run in 4K and it looks fucking amazing. Because once they start running aliasing and you get some modern filtering techniques on it, it looks... How the fuck have you seen it run in 4K? Because people have hacked the Wii U version and are running it on their PCs now, Tim. Come on, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. I so I was yeah. looking... That was the my big problem. How do you not know this? Like, I'm watching these guys play this game in 4K, all properly textured and aliased and all this other stuff, running at 60 frames per second, and then I don't play my Switch version that is upscaling from 900p, which is an odd number and fucks up your graphical scaling onto a 4K panel. And I was like, it's not running. And it ain't running at 60 frames per second. And it's not barely running at 30 frames per second in the game. I'm being real bitchy about the technical side of this because I'm kind of used to a higher standard of like performance for my games. So like that, it started to grind my gears sometimes getting fights and being like, I'm getting 10 frames a second right now. It is unplayable. 
because of like a flame effect <laughs> or something like that that's going on. And like the flame effects are cool, but like if yeah. they're costing me this much performance, it may be time to look at your scaling of functionality here. Or maybe not make a basically a cell phone and call it a game console. Maybe build a real game console. Also do that. <laughs> but I think that's also I mean, I think you're also obviously looking at this from a point of view of somebody that has a PlayStation, you know, PS4, or Xbox One and everything as well. Whereas the Nintendo has always appealed to that like more casual gamer, you know, they're not always going for the hardcore gamer. They're going for that cross section in between kind of thing. And so like for me that doesn't play a crazy amount of games or anything like that. Yes, I definitely noticed here and there like, okay, close up this fucking like plant that's blowing in the wind is like six pixels or something like that yeah (laughs) but but for the most part like you know looking at these like crazy beautiful vistas and like weather patterns and you know lens flares and shit like that i'm like oh this is just super pretty i'm like but maybe not compared to like red dead redemption or some shit like that and that's kind of the thing like i appreciate the art style of this and i just like and i think if it was put on a machine where it could perform to its like a hundred percent kind of thing. I would like that much more. I just think the hardware kind of cripples Mm -hmm. it in a lot of ways, which sucks because I do think this is actually, it's actually my favorite looking Zelda game. I know twilight princess fans in the room are probably going to jump down my goddamn throat on this one, but I actually like the art style on this (laughs) probably the best out of any Zelda game ever actually at this point, because a lot of stuff like the old ones, like that I'm very fond of, like the Ocarina's and Link to the past, especially like the art around those is kind of aged in a way that doesn't really work for me anymore. Whereas like this stuff, I'm like, oh, I like this aesthetic. Stay with this aesthetic, please. It was just performance wise. I was like, God damn it. Like underpowered hardware again. Here we go. Ah. So. <laughs> well, like the aesthetic is really similar to Skyward Sword. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was in for that one too. Like I liked the yeah. way that looked. I actually like this a little bit better because it's not as pastel-y watercolor as that one. That one got real, felt really washed out. Almost two watts. Yeah, they they upped the steampunk on this one and did, like dialed down a little bit of the watercolor, yeah. but it's still really similar yeah. looking. I like that steampunk stuff. That was the other thing about this game's aesthetic that worked for me. It's like moving it into like that kind of Magitech kind of direction, um, like moving it into a mm-hmm. sci-fi direction. Because I'm not sword and sorcery guy, right? Like this is about as sword and sorcery as I get. And Zelda and Conan are probably the two things where I'm like, ooh, high fantasy. Uh, which I know Alicia's literally rolling her eyes at me right now. And Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but I'm not like a Lord of the Rings diehard the way you guys are. Like, you guys are yeah. insane. And like, as everybody heard <laughs> me on that in our opening segment where you guys were talking about the news and I kind of sat here and played Christy for... <laughs> or didn't, yeah, or didn't hear. Yeah. Um, so, like, but yeah, I like the way that they moved into that magic kind of realm because that kind of works a little bit more for me personally. But yeah, I did like the shrine aesthetic and like yeah. all the, the blue Tron lines and the ancient stuff. Like the guardians and stuff all work for me. Yeah, yeah. Ancient tech and everything. I know that there were a lot of people that that had some complaints about Sheikah Slate being a little like yeah. uh, Deus Ex Machina kind of thing. Like it seems a little too convenient that there's this fucking device that can basically do everything yeah. that your console yeah. can do, basically kind of thing, yeah. or that you know that's basically a tablet. But yeah, I thought it worked. Mm-hmm. I liked it. But there's precedent for it though. Like look back at Wind Waker. Yeah, he had the Tingle Tuner. <laughs> Jesus, the fucking Tingle Tuner. The I, I'm not named, saying that it's a good named, precedent. The worst named item of any fucking Zelda game ever. They they just they have a tendency to insert their actual consoles into the games. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that was that was a Game Boy Advance, if I'm not mistaken, right? It was, yeah. Up, you could hook up. Yeah, the you could hook Advance, up to the, the link cable. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I remember us buying. Like, Paul had a Game Boy Advance. I had the GameCube. Like we had to buy the link cable so that we could like 
I think what game came out at the same time as this that they were like pushing? Uh, one of the Four Swords ones. I think you could play was it Four some Swords. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, Four Swords Adventures. Okay. Yeah, I remember there was something interconnection thing, but you can also use the Tingle Tuner to find specific things in the GameCube version of Wind Waker, like there's special Tingle statues or some dumb thing like that. Something like that. Um, yeah. 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 I don't know. I think the Sheikah Slate, I mean, is a much more graceful evolution of that idea. I liked it. I thought it <laughs> definitely. I thought it worked pretty well. It also yeah. takes away, like, I mean, you. It's kind of funny because it it steals like items that you would normally have in your inventory, like items that you would use, and it becomes kind of like the items that you use. But you still end up with an inventory that is like overflowing and almost impossible to navigate eventually, regardless of the fact that you have all of your little doodads in your Sheikah slate somewhere else. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Let's see, since we we're sort of talking about the world and visuals and stuff like that overall, did you guys have a particular area of this map that really captivated you that you really enjoyed over the others? Personally, for me, like dude, that run from Shrine of Resurrection to Kakariko Village, where you kind of like, you see how bad shit is in Hyrule mm. as you're kind of trekking along and you're in this huge stretch where it's just like basically wasteland until you get to the dueling, like the two dueling peaks, that mountain. Yeah. The mountain yeah. got to run through kind of thing. And then you get to like this tiny little like patch of civilization at the table. And then you move past that and you just see like this field of dead guardians. And I was like, Oh, this is fucking cool as shit. And then it kind of sends yeah. you like, you can kind of go North from there and end up in Hyrule field. And like the ruins of Hyrule, is like the coolest thing for me because it's just like way after the end, everything's burnt out and fried and you're seeing, and a lot of it too, because you can see like Lon Lon Ranch and you can see stuff from the old game. And the, the Temple of Time, yeah. seeing the, that Temple of Time all beat the shit up was yeah. really cool. Yeah, like seeing all that kind of stuff, like the Hyrule that you knew and loved, like you grew up with is now fucked and like there's still a problem with Ganon and you're a new Link and all this stuff. I'm like, this is really cool to me going to like after Ganon lost or after Ganon won and like seeing the fallout of that, like having to come back from that was cool. Mm-hmm. So, so that was probably like my like the castle itself is also like i love the the aesthetic of the castle um like the ruined yeah. castle just really worked for me alicia are you ready now I, I can't i don't know if i'm gonna have a good answer to this question because outside of i wasn't like super invested in the visual look of the desert but outside of that like it's just it's a gorgeous mm-hmm. game across the board i really like uh the way that the landscape is treated just in general I, I also really enjoyed going through uh, Hyrule Field and specifically finding Lon Lon mm-hmm. Ranch. Yeah, it was a little bittersweet. Yeah, that's what I like. That's what I liked about it is like that the bittersweet quality of just like going through and being like, oh, I saved this once. Like I remember me obviously. Like I remember saving this place once. This is where I found Epona. Yeah, and now it's a hundred thousand yeah. years later. None of that matters, and everything is destroyed. And it's like, yeah, fuck. Why? Like I, we keep doing this cycle. Like why do we? Why does the cycle keep happening? Which is kind of like, well, if you had finished playing Skyward Sword, you would know. I know, but like, (laughs) that fucking control is just like, oh, it's really bad. I couldn't get through it. We've talked about it a number of times, but we talked about it in this episode. I just like the controls on that game. Just, I couldn't do it. And like, I remember buying it and I bought the attachment for the Wii U and everybody was like, you should just have bought a real one. So I was like, fine, fuck it. I went and bought a Wii Remote Plus, like a real one. And I tried it again. Like, this still fucking sucks. I'm done. Never trying it again. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do like I, I know because I know that's the origin point of like the whole franchise kind of thing or whatever. Like that's supposed to be the prequel. Like that's the start of it. And I'm like, I really wish I had that story in my head. Yeah. Like I just can't get through the goddamn game. And I'm not like Christy. Like I won't go and do like much plays. Like I can't do that shit. That's too millennial for me. So I'm like, no, I'm just gonna. I want to play yeah. it. Like, but they need to re-release it. Like they just gotta fucking rebuild the goddamn game. 
and like let me play it properly without fucking being able to <laughs> wiggle my fucking arms all over the place for nine thousand hours. <laughs> That's a question I actually have. Aiming controls. Did you guys switch that shit? Because the motion aiming that made me want to die. I that was one of my gripes was I had to recalibrate that every fucking time I booted it up. Once I recalibrated it, it was fine and I had no problem with it. But that is one of the design issues was for whatever reason, every time I restarted the game, I had to fucking recalibrate the motion controls so that it wouldn't drift on me because that that was the big problem I would have. I'd be like aiming and it would be like drifting like to the left or to the right or something like that. And I'd be like having to account for that. And like I'd end up with like with the fucking controller like 90 degrees to my left kind of thing where it's still aiming dead on and be like fuck this you think that's so. bad you should have tried it on the wii u version that thing was a piece of fucking garbage i don't know who built that <laughs> hardware they should be shot i remember doing the um it was some of the shrine ones where you have to move oh like, yeah manipulate the platforms and stuff oh with the, yeah with the wii u like the control panel whatever the fuck that thing was called like the the gamepad i guess it was called like the gyroscopes were just so fucking janky i was like i'm <laughs> oh and that was the worst part. The there was no gyroscope in the pro controller for the Wii U, so you had to like I had to put down my pro controller, pick up the fucking Get game the gamepad, <laughs> do the do the stupid puzzle, and then like switch back to the gamepad because I'm not holding that goddamn thing in my lap for like nine thousand <laughs> hours while I play this game. I hate it. But that's the Sheikah slate. No, it's not. The Sheikah slate pops up on goddamn screen. They don't even let you use the fucking Wii U thing to play the game. You have to play it as the- one screen or the other. You only get to play it either on your your like on the gamepad or on your big TV. It never, doesn't have any functionality mm. on the Wii U tablet while you're playing the game. They took all that <laughs> out for parity with the Switch version. So, yeah. So yeah. It was just super frustrating. It was really nice having a Pro Controller for this time, because that has the gyroscope that does it appropriately. It's still annoying to have to like, flip the controller upside down and get these stupid things to work, but like, it was way better implemented than it was on Wii U. I can tell you that much. I, I actually want to talk about this motion control thing for a second. Alright. Because I never actually recalibrated it at all, and I played it mostly handheld. (laughs) Jesus. Well, maybe it worked better handheld than it did. uh... Oh, no, no, no. It was shitty. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I think I'm used to Nintendo's shitty motion controls at this point, because I played Skyward Sword (laughs) and Twilight Princess so many times. You've adapted. See, I played, like, my memory of Twilight Princess is playing it uh, on a GameCube controller, because, like, I played it on the console it was fucking built for, not the shitty Wii. So I was like, when I, I finally moved over to and played it on the Wii, because I did buy it like on Wii, I was like, this sucks. Like this is like it does not play properly. So when Skyward Sword comes out, I'm like, they better really fucking do this right. And who did they not do it right? So yeah, I'm not a big fan of the motion <laughs> controls in any of these games. I turned it off on this immediately. It was just like, no, I just want to aim with sticks like a goddamn adult video game player. So like I'm not pointing the fucking wii u at the goddamn sky or whatever to aim my arrows so no, no. <laughs> yeah doing the shrines where you had to like twist the controller yeah. around because i played it handheld it was ridiculous because i was like bent over backwards trying to get <laughs> the shit to sit yeah. right you guys should uh invest in a pro controller and like play it on your tv it actually makes it a, that I mean that part of it makes it a little bit less aggravating to be able to like you this the thing's still on the screen and you can hold the object in your hand and kind of like flip it properly like that made it a lot easier well i didn't have a pro controller but i mostly played it on the joy cons joy con baffling to me it's like the worst controller of all time but that's basically a fucking pro no, controller it's not. like when you put no, those it's two really not like you have to feel a pro controller in your hand they actually feel like a real console like it feels like an xbox controller like a proper put together oh that that console i don't well, know You've held an Xbox controller in my house before, have you not? Like, there are fucking controllers are all... There's Xbox and PlayStation controllers in my house 
like regular people have Kleenex boxes. I'm pretty sure because there's like nine <laughs> PlayStations and Xboxes in this house. So I don't have a Joy-Con, or I I don't have a problem with those Joy-Con dock. I had no see, problem. I was, I played uh, like Mario Kart with it, like with it, like kids and stuff like that. I'm like, this sucks compared to my Pro controller. Like, I give me like goddamn Pro controller back, you little bastards. I want to play with that. <laughs> I actually have two. Um, so like I've actually set myself up where I have two switch docks and two pro controllers and like both my TVs, I can just pop my switch in, grab my pro controller and just start playing <laughs> yeah. and not worry about like handheld mode yeah. or joy cons or any of that dumb shit. Just give me a decent controller <laughs> to play with. So yes, it cost me 80 bucks, but it was worth it. <laughs> I've been meaning to pick up a second switch dock to hook onto my iMac that I use as my gaming rig. You should, uh, while you're yeah. doing that, you should grab yourself a pro controller too, because uh, it'll, it, it it's a quality of life difference that actually makes a big difference with the Switch, is having a good controller. Alright, going back to favorite areas, <laughs> which is what started this tangent. For me, like, I really did, I liked all of the uh, like, little villages sort of in the southeast part of the map, like the Kakariko Village, Hitano Village, and Lurlin Village, yeah. which, hey, there's fucking black people in Hyrule, apparently, for once. It was yeah, interesting to see. <laughs> I don't think we can really bust them on diversity. See, Zelda's a hard one to bust on for diversity, because first it's of all, true. they're all fairies. And second of all, some of those races aren't even human, and we're interacting with yeah. them like there's no big deal. Like, It was just cool. It was like that little like J- Jamaican flavor and shit yeah. like that was interesting. <laughs> I just want to get back to the point that Link was trying to fuck a fish in this game. So, like, <laughs> I don't think we can, like bitch at nintendo for diversity when link is like i'm gonna fuck that fish girl like she was cute but like (laughs) i'm gonna fuck that fish girl or she actually not even he's gonna fuck her she wants to fuck him like yeah real bad you know ride his shit all the way to the fucking stables yeah like jesus so (laughs) but i think ultimately my favorite area uh i really liked great hyrule forest like where the lost woods were and the korok forest and the deku tree and where you pick up the master sword and everything thought that that was really beautiful like you had the light filtering in through the leaves and shit like that and then like the spooky parts where you have to like follow the flames to get to where you're going and all that which is totally lost on you because it's a giant reference to a link to the past even the path you follow to get to the master sword is the same directions that they make you kind of wander through in the super nintendo game so like the the like you go left, then you go straight, then go right, then go left, then go left. Like that kind of idea that they have in that. It's the same directions to get to the Master Sword in in this game, Breath of the Wild, as it was in Link to the Past. I was like, that's actually really cool. It's so like that whole area is a huge callback to unseating the Master Sword in Link to the Past, mm-hmm. which is like, it's a cool, like that was my other favorite thing, which is like when you get in there, I hate those fucking Koroks, like they drove me nuts. <laughs> but the, the environment itself, I was like, oh man, it's so reminiscent of Link to the Past. And I looked at like, I went and looked it up and I was like, yeah, it's even the same directions to get in as it was in Link to the Past. Like it's the same maze you have to follow to get in. I was like, That's, That's really awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many good little Easter eggs like that. Yeah. 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 It was great for that kind of stuff. I love that. All right. Before we get into complaining about shit, which we're inevitably going to do, there's one other part that I thought Aren't was. Are we already doing that? We have already a little bit. <laughs> But, a little bit yeah i thought that the audio was a really massive part of this game as well like the music was really cool and especially that was another one of the easter eggs for sure there were certain areas where the atmospheric music was basically slowed down versions of classic zelda themes and shit like that yeah. which was really cool you can look up whole youtube videos and stuff on that i almost wet myself the first time i went to death mountain yeah I was so excited. Tim doesn't know because he hasn't played get, that game. I know because you fucking told me like we eight get times. Him through those original ones, man. Like this is, I'm not happy about the fact that he hasn't played those. I just want you, 
I just need, well, see, I need everybody to the know. The thing this. is now I've played <laughs> now I've played all the all the like really long, like involved Zelda games. All the ones I have now left are like relatively short ones. Like they're either handheld ones or like they're the like NES or SNES ones kind of thing. And you know, those are the kind of ones you can play in like an afternoon. So Okay, I want to actually challenge you to play the original Zelda without fucking cheating like you do with every <laughs> single Zelda game and looking that shit up on the internet I'll, because I will fucking tell you you're not finishing that shit in an afternoon. No, no. the first one's uh, obtuse. I guess is probably the easiest way to describe how it plays in a modern <laughs> sense. Like it is not a straight line to do anything. The problem is like I can't even play it again because like I know it so well that I know exactly where to go to do everything. So like it, the, the yeah. mystery of it is lost. But I understand. If you don't know what you're doing, because I remember being a kid playing that game and not having any fucking idea what was going on. And just being like, I wasted a rental because I have no fucking idea what's happening here. Like, no fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> okay, so my grandfather and I used to play the original Zelda together. And I legit have a letter from Nintendo walking my grandfather through how to get the, the lion, lion key. key because he That's could amazing. not find it. It's in our, we should, we'll take a picture of that and uh, I'm going to yeah. make a note to do that and put it in the show notes. Cause yeah, it's like on our shelf that has all of our old Nintendo cartridges. I remember, it. uh, and it's, it's a Zelda related story too, but I remember calling the Nintendo helpline while my parents were at home one time. I got yelled at for that 900 call, but like I could not get through. There was a, there was a, a thing, I was like 12 or like, I don't know. I was an idiot kid, but I could not get through. I want to say it was like the dark world death mountain, like the big tower. I could not get yeah. through it as a kid. And so I called the fucking helpline and they walked me through it. And the guy's like totally cool. Just stayed on the line the whole time. And I'm like, man, it's really cool. You'll just like stay on the line and like help me out while I'm playing this game. And, like not thinking. He's like, yeah, you're paying, me, like, you're by, paying the me by the fucking minute. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I had, a, I had to mow some lawns to pay for that fucking phone call. So that was fun. <laughs> but oh. Yeah, that's why a letter was written because there was absolutely no way my family was going to let me. Number. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Mom and dad didn't know. They were not happy. I remember that one very specifically. (laughs) Because man, like, like pre-internet, like if you couldn't find something, you were fucked. Like you just kept going. Like just keep playing until you find whatever the fuck it is. Like, and I'm bad. Like I would get to the point where I'd be like, I would forget what the fuck I was looking for, and just be like, now I'm completely lost in this game. So this sucks. (laughs) It's like really sucks. (laughs) Yeah, audio. Uh, on top of the music, uh, like the atmospheric sounds and stuff like that, and like being able to hunt stuff and track stuff by like hearing, like it was if you were playing it like in surround, yeah. you could hear like oh sh- that cricket or whatever is like back into my left kind of thing. So you'd be able to like go and find it that way, and that's something that I've never had in any other Zelda game before, and I thought was really cool. It is something that they do. Like it is a very modern gaming like, yeah, yeah. thing, so like that happens a lot. And like, but it is it was so well done, especially because. And I know this is another like sticking point for like traditional Zelda people where it's not like constantly blasting overworld music at you, which I think would have been like, I would have gone insane if they constantly had that overworld <laughs> music playing the entire yeah. time. Because I basically just spent like the best part about this game is like, oh, I'm going to go do this thing. It's going to take me like 10 minutes to kind of walk over there or bike over there or port over there or whatever. I'm going to put a podcast on and I'm going to go kill this stuff. It's like it's basically like Link has his podcast, like his earpod in while he's like on monsters <laughs> and shit. I was like, this is fun. I'm having a good time. I like this way of doing things. Like, listen to the last podcast on the left and kill goblins all at the same time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like the, the audio design was like outstanding for this game. Killer. Yeah. Great time with that. Yeah. 
But then the other, the flip side of that, the more controversial side of the audio was the fact that, yes, the cutscenes did have actual voice acting in them, which is a first in a Zelda game. Like, up until now, Zelda games have been, like, all dialogue boxes. I mean, Link doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything in this either. But uh, what were your feelings on actually having voices in a Zelda game? I don't understand why Zelda was fucking British. (laughs) She's royalty. Yeah, I have that feeling, too. Shorthand she's royalty yeah, that's true that's basically what it is because people are stupid and it's like if you put somebody in royalty they have to sound like a british asshole so yeah that kind of made sense i mean i mean other than that i, I didn't hate it I, there have been like some voicings in zelda this is just the most intelligible yeah. right like the yeah. actual dialogue and not just the postman and twilight princess singing <laughs> cute little songs when he the best part of that game <laughs> yeah it's like for me i was like i was totally on board with actually having voices i was like thank you nintendo for joining us in 2017 <laughs> i still have to, you mean you still gotta do a fuck ton of reading there's still just it's basically all logs otherwise but like yeah it was nice having the cutscenes actually be dialogue and they had a decent like for the most part i liked all the voice cast the zelda one yeah she was a little she wasn't exactly my ideal but it was fine the rest of them i thought did a pretty good job so all right, we've already griped a little bit, but what was overall like your fucking most frustrating element, whether it's like a particular part of the game or a gameplay element or something like that? I have two, and I know one's going to come up, so I'm not going to go into super depth. Weapon breakage was a big thing for me. The other thing is the fucking rain. Mm-hmm. Like the one in this section that I want to yeah. talk about is the rain. I... Oh, God. It's so fucking frustrating to be like halfway up a climb, and then it starts to rain. <laughs> And you're like, especially early in an early game where you're like, well, I don't have Revali's Gale. I'm kind of, I'm fucked. Like I'm stuck in this spot. Mm-hmm. So it's either I jump off and like start again when it clears out, or I just like put the controller down and go. Or I go take a piss. That's basically what I kept well, doing. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm gonna go fucking crack off a joint real quick while this son of a bitch fucking rains out. <laughs> so I'm gonna go outside. Then I come back and it's sunny, and I'm like, oh, and he's still fucking just like clinging, like he's Spider Man. He's, he's, so he's not. He's great. He's not like no whatever. Yeah. We're totally fine. He just shoved 82 apples in his I mouth guess. while he was sitting there on the side of the cliff. Baffling to me. But like, yeah, the rain, the rain mechanic, and especially to the point where like you get the Zoro armor and then you get the climbing gear and it still doesn't negate the rain factor. Like they should have done something. That's to my thing. The fucking rain. factor. Yeah. Even if it was an end game item, you got the negated it fine. Like I understand it. It yeah. to be a frustration early on in the game because it kind of like it adds to the atmosphere. But when I'm like end game at that point, I'm like, oh, fuck, it started raining. Well, I'm just going to stop, drop wait for a rally scale to recharge and then just jump three times to get to where I'm fucking going. Cause otherwise yeah. I'm going to sit here and wait for the rain to fucking wash me away again. Cause God damn, it's so annoying. Yeah. Aside from having to recalibrate the motion controls every time. Yes. The rain was the fucking like most frustrating part for me too. Like, and I agree 100%. There should have been like some item that you get at some point where it's like, Hey, now you have like sticky gloves or some shit like that. So now you can would have yeah. made 900 Korok seeds worth it if they fucking did that. Like I would be incentivized <laughs> to go do 900. Fucking to actually, Korok that was another thing. I was like, why are there? I mean, you don't need the 900. You need you need exactly. Um, well, actually, you don't even need half, but you need 450? About half of them. You need 441, I think, yeah. to get a full uh, inventory, according to Reddit. So and those guys know what they're fucking yeah. talking about, usually because they got no lives. And that's what they do. And I'm yeah. one of them. So, yeah. But yeah, uh, that would have at least made that not as frustrating. Like, I'm all for like, hey, yay, we get to in- increase our inventory. But if they'd given me fucking not like sticky gloves or like, you know, something, I would have been a lot happier at yeah. the end of the game. Because that fucking frustrated me a lot. 
Yeah, that was the worst too for me. Like you're halfway up a cliff, fucking stops ra- starts raining. You're like, fuck me. Yeah. I was like, well, I I need to, I need to refill my drink, so I'm going downstairs. And I'm gonna yeah. rub a bong first before <laughs> I fucking come back up here and do this dumb shit. Now, so whatever. Yeah, Alicia, what was your most frustrating part? The grind. The the grind in this yeah. game is just insane. It's it's the which is hilarious considering your fucking completion level. Yeah, I know. There, there's a reason my completion level is as horrible as it is. Tim asked me to guess what my completion level is, and I was like, I don't know, twenty four percent. It was actually slightly more than that. Did you look up yeah. what you actually need to get for completion? Like it's total, it's insanity. Like it's it's almost entirely it's all Koroks. Like it's Koroks and some story yeah. shit. I'm like, no, this is dumb. Like that's not a completion. Completion is what I did do. Yeah. Like I 100 percent of this game except for the stupid Koroks. But I've got like, oh well, we'll get to that end. I think that was that's one of your last points, right? We'll get to where I actually yeah. now. Thank you. How, how many Koroks did I actually get? All right, it's time for dick swinging. Oh, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna, gonna, we're gonna <laughs> rank everybody here. So Alicia's game completion was. 34.88%. Wow. With 122 Koroks. Nice. That's actually not bad, <laughs> considering, like, you hated that fucking mechanic so much. <laughs> well, I, I only got Koroks that I just ran across, right? While I was yeah. exclusively focused on the narrative as it is in the game. Yeah. Fair, fair. So mine, I got 68.86% completion. To be fair, I'm still going. I'm still getting Koroksies and stuff like that. I can hear Mark booting up his switch. Wow, we're tied right now. Oh, really? Yeah, we're tied right now. <laughs> I have 536 Korok seeds. I have 100% completed the Hyrule Compendium. Yeah, but I too. only, out of medals, I only have the Molduga medal. I don't have the yeah. uh, Hinox or the uh, Talus medals yet. I have 102 uh, Korok seeds in my inventory right now. Everything, like, my inventory is all maxed out, obviously. But I do have all those things, along with, like, all the medals. Yeah, like, I have all the medals and stuff. So I don't know what actually counts towards completion i did look it up for the the thing but uh it's pretty complex it's like it's it's really heavily weighted towards yeah, the, the koroks are like though because the korok seeds are really tied to like the amount of the map that you've actually explored and unlocked and regions. yeah because locations was one of the things yeah. too i think that that opens up some of it like if you don't trigger all of the location tags at the top that yeah. doesn't count as the location you visit or something like that so it, it can kind of freak it out but yeah that's funny that we're fucking tied though like after all this <laughs> bullshit yeah it's also funny that we're tied. I've been playing this version of the game for about a week and you've been playing it for two years and I caught up to you. You have so, a, oh, I you have a lot more time than I do right granted, now. I'm unemployed right now, but and I'm also mildly obsessive compulsive when it comes to this kind of game. So there is that. But yeah, yeah, it was all right. Well, I think we've given this game more than a fair shake at this point. Let's just do a final like overall rating out of ten and final thoughts. Let's Let's go to Alicia first. Let's get rip that Band-Aid off. Okay, can I uh, get you to specify whether this is a rating out of 10 across all games or specifically Zelda games? No, bre- just Breath of the Wild. Uh, well, for you, what would you give this out of 10? That's basically what we're trying to ask you. Yeah. 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 Just say it, Alicia. It's not <laughs> like it's like... I, I, uh, nobody's going to be surprised. It's... <sighs> Like a seven. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's about what I expected. Yeah. Alicia, like, we've talked about this, like, not in depth, but we have talked about this game before. And I, like, I knew Alicia was a little lukewarm, way more lukewarm on it than I was. So well, that doesn't surprise me too much. What are you, Tim? Probably sitting at like an, 
9 out of 10 easily. Like, I can definitely see why this game got so many, like, Game of the Year nods or, like, on as many, like, top 10, top 5 lists as it was. There's enough of those little frustrating elements that I'm not able to give it, you know, perfect score kind of thing. But uh, it's, yeah, beautiful game. I just love the world. I love just hanging around in it, exploring it, that kind of thing, finding like little new nooks and crannies and new puzzles to solve and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It is definitely a game I'll go back to and play. I'll probably be one that I give it yeah, some time yeah. before I go back and um, play. But I just wanted to point out we were going to do yeah. dick swinging and like we got to the, like I was so surprised that we were tied um, that I didn't point out that for like the longest time this week, I was <laughs> stuck at 66.99%. And I was like, I kind of want to just leave it there. But <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, two yeah, sixty nine, like, like, this is great. This works. This is so good. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a this is a like ugh, fuck. I have a hard time with this one because like I bitch about it a lot because I've got little issues about like UI and stuff like that. I fucking hate the menu system in this game. Like God, it was so frustrating to like. I need this one specific thing. Where is it? <laughs> I have six different kinds of tails. I don't know which yeah, one's yeah. which. And I got to look at each one. Like some of like the UI choices were a little weird. And like we bitched about a bunch of other stuff, weapon breakage, like the stamina meter is super unforgiving early on. So I found that very taxing. Yeah, I don't know. I have some issues with just like I, I fucking play video games on like four different goddamn platforms now. So like even just dumb shit, like the way the pro controllers laid out goofed me up. Like I would be trying to hit pause and like hit home and end up on the fucking Wii or the switch menu or like I want to hit uh, select to go to the map and end up hitting the, the screen capture. I've got like 500 screen captures on my Switch for me just accidentally hitting the screen capture button over and over again because <laughs> they're right next to each other. Like, And that was my thing. I'd be like, oh, I need to go to the menu. So I'd hit select and be like, all right, the map. Shit, start. And then at that point, I'd probably hit the wrong button, hit home, yeah. and go out to the fucking like, shell, like out to the, the Switch shell and just be like, god damn it. Go yeah, back in, pause. All right, all right, now I'm at the menu I need to do. What was I going to do again? Shit, I forget. Start, look around. Oh, yeah, right. I need this piece of this item. Go back in. Where is it in these 28 pages of fucking crap that I've carried that I'm carrying around with me? Where is he hiding all this shit? It's like he's got like a subspace pocket up his butt where he's hiding all these swords. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Very strange. It's true. All yeah. these live yeah, animals. Like full, like full fish, like full <laughs> bird carcasses he's carrying around that are like turkey size. I'm like, that's a lot of shit to carry around. If you put down one of those bugs, they'll know. just fucking fly away. Yeah, all that shit's alive. Like, <laughs> all that shit is still alive. Yeah, it's just sitting it's, in his it's pocket. Fascinating how much stuff he can carry around. <laughs> Especially some of those swords are like twice as tall as them. Where's he putting them? It's craziness. But either way, <laughs> yeah, this is a nine out of ten for me for sure. This game, I love. I had such a blast with it the first time, and now playing it through again and getting all that extra story really kind of like solidified it as one of my favorite Zelda games. I will probably not touch this game ever again. Well, I'm not. I'm saying that maybe they'll do a remaster and I'll get a nice 4K version, and then I'll be tempted to play it again, like on the next whatever the next Nintendo fucking console ends up being. But for now, I've played it twice. We've done an episode about it. Nine out of ten. I never want to hear about Breath of the Wild ever again. No, I'm kidding. But close, getting close. <laughs> if I hear the yahaha from those fucking Koroks one more time, I might pitch something at a wall. <laughs> yeah. <Fuck. laughs> <laughs> oh my god haunting your night before we actually end this fucking episode there is something that i really like about breath of the wild that i like more than any other zelda okay. game the great fairies oh right they're so good oh, yeah, that's true they were they're pretty entertaining they <laughs> oh, do yeah she full-on she she fucking cosplayed uh kotera yeah, yeah. kotera <laughs> yeah. full-on rapist too actually all of them oh oh 100 oh yeah full-on definitely problematic like, <laughs> 
multiple times in my playthrough. I mean, I know I'm fucking facilitating it by like making her upgrade my gear and stuff. But, like, yeah, she full on assault, dude. Oh yeah, a couple like, times. Like I, I, yeah. Uh, maybe oh, yeah. the great fairies Definitely. have always been kind of rapey, though. There's a lot of weird shit in this game. Did you? I, I yeah. it's such a dance robot dance thing for us to bring up, but like eventually, where you're like, how questionable is? There's a lot of weird shit in this game. Like just weird shit in this game. Yeah, like the fish fucking and like. <laughs> the rape fairies and it's, it's really it's a weird game great game great game i'm glad we got to do an episode about it great Finally. weird game yeah me too all right well with that let's uh move on to our final segment of the episode which is our uh christy bolton memorial segment called uh geek cred <laughs> christy's not dead guys christy's not dead Apparently she's dead to him. The fucking underwear furry. <laughs> the underwear furry did not come and get Christy. You did not miss a news story. We would tell you if she yet. died. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yet. Tim hasn't moved back up. Again, so. <laughs> so this is where we just go through and pimp something that we enjoy, whether it's something new, something old, whatever. So Alicia, dare I go to you first? Do you have something you could recommend for people? You didn't prep me for this. <laughs> no, this is a new segment. <laughs> Relatively new. No, we did this one in August. All right, Mark, what's your geek cred? This week, I kind of caught up on my Star Trek. And by Star Trek, I mean Discovery oh, and God. Uh, Orville. So but, uh, yeah, I know we've recommended Discovery, and we are definitely doing a fucking episode about Discovery uh, as soon as the season is over. So get ready. But like, yeah, I caught up to Orville this week, and they had a episode this week that if you were actually watching Orville, was a huge surprise and was actually really fucking cool. It was a cliffhanger that's supposed to finish this week. But I was like, it was pretty cool. So if you're not watching Orville, I recommend getting on board because it's actually pretty good. And if it, if you're looking for Star Trek, like to get your Star Trek it's scratched that is not getting scratched by Discovery. Although at this point, you you're just bitching the bitch. I yeah. Think, if you don't like what's going on in Discovery, because it's been great this year, mm-hmm. I highly recommend going out and checking out Orville. I mean, yeah, the humor sometimes can get a little bit like heavy-handed in spots because it is still a Seth MacFarlane show. But I feel like it does classic Star Trek really really well and they did an episode this week that i was like like the end of it blew me away i was not expecting what happened at the end of it it was very cool so yeah check out orville that's my geek recommendation or what is this called geek cred cred. that's geek cred cred. Uh, yeah go watch orville it's pretty good (laughs) alicia do you have one i have been pretty much obsessively watching drawfee lately so if you're not currently (laughs) watching drawfee you fucking should what is Drawfee? Tell our tell our listeners what Drawfee. Drawfee is a uh, YouTube show and is run by some people who work at College Humor, and uh, okay. it's usually three people. And Julia is just Bay. I love her so much. <laughs> so what they do is, well, they have multiple shows, but one of the things they do is draw things they've never seen before, just based on descriptions, which just end up being fucking hilarious. Yeah. Drawfee's fucking great. Like if you're not watching it. It is fucking spectacular. It's so good stone, too, because it's just like, right. Like that. like my brain's not working either. It's like, I, I think they're all high because like they think the same way I do while I'm high watching them. And I'm like, this is great. This is great. <laughs> and then I watch it straight and I'm like, no, this isn't really good. All right. My geek cred this week goes to the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, the uh, final episodes of which just dropped a couple weeks ago now. Oh, so good. So it was basically like the latter half of their third season or fourth season? Third or fourth. Yeah, whatever it was. Like that. I'm still behind. Yeah. I got to catch up. But uh, fucking amazing series overall. Absolutely hilarious. So much good stuff in there. Just, yeah, the, the writing on it is just so fucking tight. 
and the characters are all really good. So I strongly Tina yeah. Fey, man. Yeah, it definitely has God that that Thirty Double. Rock vibe in terms of the the writing style yeah. and everything. Yeah, when they get really weird, the reference the, humor and just stuff. like the, the dialogue is what keeps me going on that show. Because sometimes that show gets a little bit like over yeah. the top for my taste. Like it's very much like it started where the end of Thirty Rock was at the end. Where like the Thirty Rock turned mm-hmm. into a cartoon by the end, and I loved it. But like Kimmy Schmidt started as a cartoon and got more cartoony as and it went, went even more insane. Yeah, so like I had a, I had trouble like watching it like as it got more and more insane but sometimes mm-hmm. like the early 30 rock snark would come out and i'd be like oh yeah i'm here for this shit like this is how i watch this show <laughs> i love that tina, yeah. i miss that tina fey voice where she's just like not always the greatest person <laughs> yeah so, yeah works really well for me so with that i guess we will finish off thank you everybody for listening as we finally got around to doing this episode on breath of the wild if you uh would like to weigh in with your opinions on breath of the wild or the zelda series in general you can do so on our facebook page which is facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com you can hit us up on twitter at drd underscore podcast you can subscribe to our podcast if you are not already on uh, Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, uh, or Google, Google Podcasts. Play Store or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So with that, um, say good night, Mark. Have a good one, guys. Say good night, Alicia. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> And uh, I'm Tim, and I will uh, say good night and uh, just torture Mark. Yaha! Fuck. <laughs> Fuck that goddamn chorus, little bastard. I'm going to go drop some rocks on these little fuckers' heads. <laughs> Ow! I did Ooh. that every time. Every time I had to pick up a rock in front of one of them, I was like, no, drop on his head. Ouch! <laughs> yeah, that's right, you little bastard. Ouch! Yeah. That's right. 400 of you got shit dropped on your head. Do-do-do-do-do-do!